You know who else plays by those rules? Wade. Communist? Wade and oh, Ready oh. Player Two. <laughs> <laughs> so true. The protagonist, the wonderful okay, I, main character of the, what is it, the New York Times best-selling book, but rated four we, and a half stars on Amazon, thousands of can reviews. We, can we just sort of throw a qualifier in there? There are lots of books that are New York Times bestsellers that well, really yeah. aren't mm-hmm. that great. And well, we learned we learned from Driscoll that you true. can just buy it if you want to. So, yep. right, yep, uh, it doesn't yep. really matter anyway. Um, to be fair, yeah. I don't think Klein actually bought all his copies to get it. I just mm-hmm. think people are schmucks, and mm-hmm. you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's let's. Like, see. I'm so like glad that Spielberg. we're oh, quick thing, quick thing. Yes, hmm? quick thing. I need to know. Do I need to bring up Audacity and record in that too? No, no. probably not. Zencaster looks really funky to me. What? So oh. Just throwing so that out there. Funky. Like I have to actually like look at Zencaster itself in order for like the little thing to keep moving. No, no. I don't know what that. No, you means. can put it in the background. It's cool. Okay. Um. So okay. yeah, are we going to start? This is like the first. Yeah, this is like ever. the fourth cold start that we've tried. Well, um, I mean, this is the magic you know, of editing. I think Wade is. Politics on there, right? I th- I think Wade is like the best starting point and. Yes. Uh, like my my sort of opening salvo is here is that I think Klein. So, so introduce yourself. With uh, I'm Nate. <laughs> you know, obviously <laughs> the, the sane one. Um, uh, but, Welcome. Okay. 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 We yeah we do need to have like an actual. I mean, an I'm actual just start I'm just saying thing, some of so. my listeners who don't particularly like y'all yeah might mm-hmm. be listening because I'm here. like us. Well, I can't <laughs> tell, tell you. People told me these things in private. In- in privacy mm-hmm. and confidence. Mm-hmm. Wes does not want me to tell you that he didn't like you that much. I, I'm, oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we should have some sort of, but hey, I, I guess for everybody listening, um, this is the first, well, actually it's the second sort of cast thing. The first, first one we haven't actually done anything with, but oh, well, that's one, true. when we play D&D, um, there, maybe someday we'll get adventurous and do something with that audio, maybe not, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the play, the play well network is a small sort of network where we just want to think about basically engaging recreation well and, and sort of being a little more mindful and, you know, sort of embracing stewardship. I'm Nate from the backlog breakdown. And with me tonight are gentlemen, Josh from the back backlog breakdown. Can't even remember well, the name of my own podcast. That's horrible. <laughs> He just said and it that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, backyard and, and barbecue, <laughs> backyard barbecue, <laughs> uh, backsliding. Yeah. Okay, so Paul Baptist. <laughs> I am Paul from Retro Station and Tales from the Rusty Speeder. And of course, we have none other than the Henshin Dad himself, Wesley. <laughs> what's up, buddy? I was waiting for my title. I was going to announce it, but you were so kind to Oh, no, so. I can't. I can't. No, no, I can't make you, you can't. self-title. No, you can't I say can't that make yourself. That's it's just wrong. How do you identify? That's like, <laughs> it's, well, it's uh, himself. Well, hey, if uh, you know what, you know, there is that like rule that where you can't give yourself a nickname. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that should apply to some of just the nonsensical 
uh, sexual identity stuff. Like you can't just be like, I'm just going to make up some sort of sexual gender preference thing. This is why we cut out the first 30 minutes already. (laughs) And, uh, you're going to have to edit out a little bit more. Um, anyways, (laughs) so we have sort of the crazy one. I, but see, I do it on purpose. Um, it's, uh, Okay, so so Touché. speaking of, you know, being very mindful about our entertainment and uh, and using our time wisely, we all read the worst book ever. <laughs> it's it's up there. Yeah, it's and like Wes, bottom, yeah, and Wes one five. of them. And Wes yeah, read it fifty three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no one done. I, what, did it end up being fair, one? I started it. Did it end up How far being did you one? get today? Oh, Only wow. one time. I got five minutes into it, and I was like, nope, I'm done, guys. <laughs> I'm not doing I'm this done. again. I'm not putting this much effort into this. <laughs> and to be fair, oh, I, I don't think any of us actually read it. We all listened to it, which mm-hmm. – and which, again, I, which, I think we is, have to come back to the fact that this is the only time that, that uh, Will Wheaton is wh- not – Will totally we- worthless. Will Wheaton is the best part about that audiobook. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's saying yeah, a still- lot in the words of Ernest Klein. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a really low bar right there, let me tell you. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Ready Player Two, uh, the insanely successful dumpster fire that in a, in a in such a blatant and jaded and cynical way seeks to rape and pillage your childhood <laughs> and just like serve you up to the fetid corpse of your nostalgia. Um, and then it, I don't know. I just, so here's the thing. I little bit of context here. I read ready player one a few years ago when everybody was talking about it mm-hmm. and I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was great. Right. But it was like, ah, this is kind of like mildly entertaining. It wasn't well written. And I think even like back then, like I had friends who were like, no, it's really charming and it's fun. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of fun, but it's also really stupid. And I said, like, don't get me wrong. I like stupid fun, but there's like, this is not good writing. And I said, like, it's it's fun the way like you would like like as a small child, when you take like He-Man and you'd make him fight all your GI Joes or whatever, like you'd when you take your action figures and smash them together, that's the kind of fun it was. And, but it wasn't good and it wasn't well-written. And it's like, it's one of those things that it, it was successful solely based solely on the fact that like, it basically had a bunch of people who were nostalgic for that sort of time period that, like 80s 90s like kind of vibe and just who were like super jet and it was basically sort of a love letter to nerd culture and saying like Mm -hmm. all the things that you liked i like them too and now here's this sort of like giant rubber stamp like hey this stuff is cool and you know now we're the dominant voice okay and then he wrote armada which was really terrible it's the last starfighter with more van halen i guess and less fun Mm -hmm. One and less fun. One hundred percent more Van Halen and one hundred percent less fun. (laughs) And I mean, uh, at least there's one hundred percent less cancer. So, yeah. Oh yeah, because the aliens cured 
Oh, all all this stuff. And yes, various, we're gonna get uh, various other diseases. I, I, so. I definitely want to talk about how all of us heroes are taking <laughs> the attributes of God. <laughs> well, mm. and, but, and we can get there. Yeah, we'll but there. I do think, and I I think that that that's a a pretty good starting off point. And now Wes did write us some notes, so I don't want to these, totally discard. These are beautiful, man. I don't want to discard his notes, but I do want to just sort of like, like, let's talk, let's, let's just start with the beginning. Wade Watts is arguably the most abominable character ever written. Like zero. So, and like, and, and, and here's the thing, like, I think it's, it's not unfair to say that Ernest Klein basically writes himself and everybody he writes is just sort of him in a slightly different lens. Another version But like of him. Wade yeah. Watts is the 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 least is like i think the the truest picture of who ernest klein really is because he's completely self-aware like or completely lacks any self-awareness and is just basically a, a freaking sociopath that i don't know it's just like somehow like dude he, what is it mary suing or is it pollyanna which one's the trope that it no, like where everything Sue. just sort of, just sort of magically works for him but he writes a, a freaking psychopath. Like, so the book opens up and with him being separated from Artie, Samantha, whatever her name is, Artemis. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they hung out in real life for a week, did a lot of banging, but then he's completely obsessed with her. It's like, you don't even know this woman. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, they literally was met so the day they started dating. I mean, the, the, but she like was so person. interested in the same things that he was interested in, which was literally someone else's life and interests. So they they were yeah. just united by their obsession of another person and the things that that person liked. Uh, I just want to say before, uh, even I before the second book, Wade um, was one of the biggest issues that I had with the first book as well. Because similar to what you had said, um, th- well, we don't have to get into all my thoughts on the first book, but I do distinctly remember the issue that I had with the first book the first time that I read it when I was like, oh, this isn't that bad, um, were the characters specifically. Because Wade is introduced okay. in the first book by his just absolute like his hatred for life for god and everything like that that's how he's introduced as a character and then gradually you know he has his own adventures or whatever but he just leaves he left a bad taste in my mouth like he immediately was was this unlikable character and he didn't really get any better throughout that book so already i didn't really like him and the characters, yeah, by and large, are poorly written in general. Uh, so even going into this one, after he's gotten everything that he's wanted, right? I mean, it's basically like Willy Wonka at the end of the first book. Oh, yeah, okay, you get the keys to the kingdom, kid. And uh, Excuse me, it's it's Willy Wonka meets the Matrix, <laughs> yes. according to the, the little blurb on the cover of Ready Player One. <laughs> oh, meets the Matrix, of course. Don't forget that part. Yeah. Oh, here we go. No, oh. dude, it's Sword Art Online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But well, oh like, my goodness! Oh my gosh! Oh, so like we're, we're gonna get it, it's see, like here's the problem and, and, is and, and, the, oh, before we go on I, I I just need to point out and we don't need to point this out every single time but I'm like I'm watching the video and obviously the the audience can't he- see the video but I'm seeing so much simultaneous face palming discussing <laughs> this book. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, well. Because it's really bad. Yes. Oh no. Like, no. Yes. I know. I'm, I'm like, with you there. <laughs> if if you are in and like if if somehow we have mistitled this, so that like 
all four of us are in agreement that this is a really bad book. And if you like it, it's probably a reflection on you <laughs> in the worst possible way. Well, okay. I would say. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought this was a gathering of the Ernest Klein <laughs> fan club. I'm clearly on the wrong we, Discord call. I right? earnestly <laughs> enjoyed this book. Um, <laughs> wait, oh, uh, Ernest P. Worrell uh, fan club. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. What is it? On being earnest. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like, yeah more like Ernest I goes don't... to jail. My goodness. Uh, Ernest, Ernest, Ernest should be no, don't. Ernest should be sat in front of a firing squad. Do, like, yeah. do not here's do not talk smack about Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> Ernest P. Worrell is a treasure. Yes. Um, hey, Vern, it's Earl. Um, but I think like, and and I kind of want to get everybody else's takes. And it's like, yeah, Wade leaves a bad taste in my mouth too i think that's a good like he just like at the first book he just was sort of empty he was sort of vacuous he's like a basically like a non-character in a lot of ways and when he did things it's his motivations were just insane and then i Mm -hmm. I don't know and there was like like that that tweet that you shared wes where it's like you know you know just shout out to ernest klein who you know throughout his his you know who spent 400 pages patting himself on the back for being how woke and you know and it's but it is just like it's one of these things where like i said the first book there was like a lot of innocence and i think it wasn't well written but it had a little bit of charm because it wasn't as like obnoxious and as self-aware and then the second one like i i am of the mindset that the first one is slightly redeemable like by like a thumbnail like it's like the well, it was really like the first one that came out. It was kind of unique at yeah, the time. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. obviously it stood out a little and bit it's, from and that. And there is sort of a charm. It's not good. Like, don't get me wrong. Ready Player One is not good. But like Ready Player Two, just it's like he he's learned, like Klein learned nothing. It's actually, it feels like it's written poorer. It feels like the character mm-hmm. development is worse. It feels like just like the crap that he latches onto in the set pieces. It's just like, I don't know. Like it, it feels like everything about this, this one again. And I use the term jaded and cynical or the terms rather jaded and cynical. And this one feels like where the first one just sort of felt like innocent and kind of fun. Maybe not innocent, but you know, it just, it was like, Again, it was like that kid smashing his action figures together. This one was like just definitely felt like a, a cash grab, like because and but anyways, all of that like Wade's just a horrible piece of crap, and I don't <laughs> like him. He's like he's like a less well written version of Harry Potter, and I don't like Harry Potter all that much. <laughs> I think well, Harry Potter's a bit of a Mary Sue. I don't like it when the narrator sort of makes the world just sort of turn out okay like there's no there's never like anyways yeah i paul i've, I've you've been okay. sort of waiting patiently I've, I've, so. now i wanted to go on a rant on harry potter because i have many things to say but all right so this is <laughs> the part about book one that i enjoyed because like y'all i thought that there are parts that are redeemable redeemable not the characters at all it's you know mm-hmm. no uh, but the stuff i liked about it was like him, you know, him figuring out that 
you know, oh, it's in Tomb of Horrors. And it was like, okay, where do they find Tomb of Horrors, you know, in the D&D uh, D &D module? And it's like, oh, yeah, we got to find this skull. And here's the, you know, here's the interest in going through and realizing it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the 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 greatest lich of all time, a Sarak, is at the end of this. And if if he wants to fight, I'm screwed because people who know that module, a Sarak can one hit kill you. And, um, and so trying to, you know, trying to work through that and even like little parts, like, you know, figuring out that, you know, you're going to find, uh, the, uh, the rush 2112 guitar where it's found in the song, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, as a huge fan of that album, it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know? And then, it, and then he starts playing, you know, perfectly to the song. And it's like, right. You know? Okay. So of those three members, three, what Oh, I was just going to say, would you believe me if I told you that a D&D &D module also plays into the plot of Ready Player Two? <laughs> Did I just blow your mind? Okay, sorry. Keep going. So, like, Alex Lifeson is not the most famous member of Rush, and he gets overshadowed right. by the other. But he's a fantastic prog rock guitarist, and yeah. it's like, I've been playing for decades literal decades and I can't play like him, you know, also mm -hmm. we'll get to it. But if I were like, you know, in a guitar battle against six, seven princes, <laughs> I would lose that one too. Even though I've been playing guitar for, uh, for more than two decades, <laughs> you know, uh, but, mm -hmm. but the, so what you're saying is that it's probably not plausible that somebody who's been playing guitar for a year Right. Could beat seven yes. princes in a guitar off. Right. What what if that person had spent the last uh I don't know, twenty years of his life memorizing movies and <laughs> D D modules and uh and a, uh, obsessing you know, video games. Oh, not not uh, even because they were his favorites, but because they were some other guy's favorites. Right, stuff. yes. Like, do, do you think he could do it then? Maybe. Probably. Yeah, that, that sounds you know? that sounds totally legitimate. Um, what if he was the, running? What if he was the CEO are, of the biggest company in the world while he was learning guitar and spent most of his time oh, in a VR world rather than so you know real that's life? The part, is, is that's the part that like all of my initial notes, like my first notes on Ready Player Two, were you know this guy is getting up at ten thirty. He's the CEO of <laughs> the biggest corporation in the world. And then he spends 12 straight hours playing video games. Do you, th does, does he think that what Mark Zuckerberg does all day is play Farmville? Because he doesn't. Well, wait, wait a minute. He was also making his own like fantasy movies with every single, oh, you know, yes. classic 80s actor period oh, that, in the simulation. Mm -hmm. And he is as great as Spielberg. And obviously, you know, that takes time. Right. It, it, the, it's not just video well, games all and day dude, long. Like, <laughs> like, let's not sort of like going to those movies. How much money was he hemorrhaging? Yes. You know, <laughs> like no, he, none he, of those he, movies were making returns right, on yes. any of the budget. He that, sold like, 4 billion ONI headsets in the matter of a month or two. Okay, it doesn't matter. He's he's got all the money. Even though it does say that he sold him at the lowest possible price, but still, I'm sure he was making at least a little bit of money. Oh, did y'all did y'all see the did y'all did y'all watch the uh, the pitch meeting um, for uh, Ready Player yes, One? That was fantastic. Where they start off, it's like you know, oh oh the bad guys want to like commercialize it and charge people, 
oh, are they not charging people now? Like, oh yeah, it's making tons <laughs> of money. <laughs> I mean, but, but it's not but, even okay, when we so, do it. So, so yeah, the point is, what amazes me about this book is that in the course of the book, Wade figures out that Halliday, his idol, mm-hmm. was, a, oh. was an evil sociopath. And I'm like, oh, he's going to figure out that he's an evil sociopath, too, since he's nope. exactly like Halliday. But no, nope. at the end, it's like, oh, you know that one thing I was wrong on? Turns out I was right about it after all. <laughs> I'm amazing. There should be two of me. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I know. <laughs> so here, here's the thing, guys. Uh, and we, we probably should oh, have for just... For the sake of the universe, there should be two of me. There's... If you're listening to this oh, no. and you haven't figured this out yet, uh, we are going to spoil the crap out of yeah. this he, disgusting. He clones pen. himself at the end. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes. Um, we're going to spoil the mess out of this thing. But I, I did want to sort, sort of like Wes. You had written up some notes, and I feel like you know, since you are the most organized of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all finding our role you're the organized really? one i'm the crazy like, one <laughs> well he's the one he's the one that when we're like hey we need something done in a certain amount of time he actually gets it done and the rest of us we're all like Meh, we do things other this, things this, um this is how bad this you're book like i'll was show up that this is how bad this book was that wes got on his research train like he always does and it's like, all right, I got notes. I'm listening to the book. Never mind. I'm not listening to this trash again. <laughs> it's so bad that he didn't even finish finish the planned research. I, well, and I would even sort of say, like, I'm I'm pretty sure, and and I'm not that I this this is not a Nate original. Um, but good night. Um, <laughs> wow. But, okay. Well, bye then. <laughs> no. See ya. <laughs> my, my, was, that's that. That wasn't an original at all. Um, but Wes, I, I like. I, I guess I would like to point out the fact that I I thoroughly agree with the sentiment and believe the statement that you put way more time and attention in in crafting your notes than Ernest Klein did in crafting Ready Player Two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, hi, little I, one. I appreciate it. I couldn't yes. even be bo- bothered to buy it. Y'all had to wait for me to to, <laughs> to uh, well, check it out from and the to library. To be fair, I I I got I used an Audible credit. Listened to it in two days and then returned it. So, I, I considered but, returning it afterwards. But considered, Wes, why don't you sort of like pull up some of your notes and sort of, you know, unload some something awesome on our head? I don't know. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to compete with some Monster sort of organized family. Only wants cookies. Well, who Wait, wouldn't always? Yeah, want no, no, no. I think that's all I, of us. I want, I want cookies now. <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. So you want me to read? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. I will. I will read this. Go. Okay. So a brief overview of the Klein, as I want to call him, or the decline, as Mr. Brocklos has uh, <laughs> so eloquently punned. Uh, Ernest Klein was born on March 29, nineteen seventy-two, and he lived through the eighties and nineties, and like nerd stuff or something. 
He likes to remind you of this throughout all of his books. He did poetry slams and such before his first big book. Poetry slams, in case you don't know, are a fictional form of entertainment. <laughs> That's my favorite line. I, really say- <laughs> I wish they were fictional. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they exist in real life and they're bad. And if you like them, you're bad. I think I think the fact that it's entertainment is the fictional part. Oh, well, <laughs> you know what? Then that's true. That that is true. That is true. Uh, he released Ready Player One in 2011, which somehow became a bestseller. Really, despite all of his efforts, he really believes that nerd references make for good writing. A movie version came out in 2018, and despite Spielberg's best efforts, was still awful. Although I say it would be the best of the bunch. I was I was actually really pumped about the movie because I wanted to see Tomb of Horrors, and then somebody told me Tomb of Horrors wasn't in it, and I still have not watched the movie. Hmm. Oh well, it's something. (laughs) It's a thing. As as bombastic as it is, it's bland. Yeah, I mean Chucky makes an appearance. So, oh nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's it's it's, it's, I I haven't even watched the movie, but some. that 372 pages was talking about like basically they discard like whole just like sort of plots mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. yeah. like instead of it being on like a school planet or whatever it's like a giant race or something mm-hmm. it, it's oh yes i'm just like man <laughs> eh. oh, yes. like if and nobody if you have to go to backwards some, yeah well and if you have to do oh, something like if if you have to just basically wholesale to make the movie just like gut like 30 percent of the book in order to make this thing sort of like work probably that should be a takeaway that your book is not really that great spielberg just wanted an excuse like so here's here's the here's the thing the ready player one universe is actually a really cool playground and that's it that's all it's good for yeah it's because all it is is the ultimate sandbox where everything Harry right. Potter and Tron and four different Lord of the Rings, four different like, versions of John Candy. We're not there yet. <laughs> That's my favorite part. We're, Wait, we're not can, there can yet. Can you name all and of them? Is, can you name is, all of them, Paul? That is honestly right now. Go name four all different of them. versions of, of John Candy is honestly the best part of Ready Player Two. That planet oh is a planet full of suck, but four different versions of John Candy will win every time. Uh, you know, actually, if you know, you know what would actually make this better is if you had a quest that was performed by the four different versions of John Candy, and they were the main characters. <laughs> that, I'd read that book. I would read that. <laughs> oh, All right, man. so we've we've sort of. Wes, sorry, did not mean to interrupt or sort of throw you off here, but hey, I will talk about John Candy any day of the week. No problem there. <laughs> next, next punk cast, ladies and gentlemen, John Candy cast. John Candy. <laughs> uh, uh, next point here. After Ready Player One, instead of releasing a sequel immediately, Klein was content with releasing a new work, Armada, which was remarkably worse than Ready Player One. <laughs> was, Who could have predicted that it would be so terrible? Not just in our opinion. Devoted- yes, Actually, no. a lot of people think it was worse. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. but anyways, who could have, who could have predicted it would be so terrible when he devoted several pages of exposition to just simply listing out every piece of seminally nerdish media for the past several decades. <laughs> I couldn't have predicted that. List it, oh, I like, forgot. List. I, uh, like that's a literal time. list. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and it's like a, he's not joking. There are lists. <laughs> like, like lists of just things. You like, like Excel? Atari games. Pick up Armada. <laughs> That must be Paul's favorite book then. Wow. (laughs) 
You don't have to draw. does like XL. You don't have to drag XL into this. It didn't do anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. And the final point for tonight. Well, for this part, at least for the notes tonight, because I gave up after this. Klein finally realizes that he should probably release a sequel to Ready Player One in 2020 because his cash reserves from the first book and the accompanying film was finally starting to run dry after buying so many geeky cars. Many critics <laughs> suspect that Ready Player Two was written by a committee of AI, though solid evidence has yet to be uncovered. <laughs> I think an AI written book like. would have been better. I'm just saying that. Like, or fun Copop the novel. That's pretty much mm, it. Part two. <laughs> fun Copop oh, harder. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like that's you know going back to the jaded and cynical sort of thing. That that this book really does feel like just general writing quality. Of this book mm-hmm. it is arguably worse i mean because there's lots of stuff that like you know there's still there's not nearly as many lists in this book but there are still like sort of like instead of actually using technique like uh oh i see i i don't write so but i i do read but instead of like using descriptive phrases and and metaphor and analogy to sort of like set tone and build things and and having compelling narrative and good ideas. One of the things Klein doubles down on this is that he uses basically some sort of like eighties or seventies, eighties or nineties nostalgia sort of nugget as a descriptor. Like, Mm -hmm. so where people are, are literally, it's like, it's like that one scene from the matrix, you know, I I was going to say, if you remember, from the office, they made fun of this because Dwight, they're talking about heroes. Like who's a hero. And he's like, I know who's a hero. The, the real heroes are superheroes like hero from the show heroes. <laughs> That's what Klein does yeah. through this entire book. And, and here's why he just yeah. references other things to describe things. And here's where I really do think that the difference is. I think in the first book, they actually hired an editor, you know, with money. Mm hmm. And yep. and he had written the part where he said, and then I found the Tomb of Horrors, but I had the guide, and so I walked around it, just like having a strategy guide for your favorite video game. And then I faced a Sarah, and and the editor was like, "How about what 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 does the Tomb of Horrors look like? Like what like describe it out a little bit. Let's add some flavor to this." Oh. Okay, I have to do this in order to get my check. Oh, okay, let's do that. But then it was such a big hit. Now they just want to, you know, churn out stuff. And um, as they keep repeatedly at uh, repeatedly asking on 372 pages, we won't get back. Is there's there no editor on this, and clearly there's not. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. editor on this book because there's just well, and you can. You can tell that the, like there's definitely – if there is somebody acting as editor, there's some serious problems because it's like there are times when Klein writes things and he just forgets what he wrote even like a page oh, before. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. it's just like – and again, I, I kind of – I almost went out and bought a phys- physical copy just so I had it to like like pick through and like underline stuff. But – I was, I was I thinking the same thing this morning. I same didn't thing. want to spend the money and I don't want to spend the energy doing oh, that. Um, it, but it's, it's just like, there's so such like weird continuity, like stuff where yeah. like, this is just like, like I said, it's not even just the fact that his writing is actually worse. 
in this one. And it's like, you know, because he did a lot of that in Ready Player One as well. But Mm -hmm. it's like, man, it's just like, yeah, you can definitely like all of the rough edges are there and they really stick out. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. And like where the first book yeah, where the first book is one part like, toward the beginning. Can, it, I know it, it's toward the beginning because it's the first note I wrote. Is <laughs> nice. Hmm? I. You all right? Something happened. I'm sorry. I think one of us is delayed. Oh. Hmm. No. So what? Th- there's more editing. <laughs> Josh. Dun, dun, dun. You you were saying what? something, and then Paul. <clears throat> oh, okay, I was. Gotcha. I I was just I saying like this that moderator. in the first. <laughs> okay. Um, in the first book, there's at least this um, feeling of like there's this grain of an idea that I want to write a book about a nerd who's a total nerd and just totally digs into that. Like that's his thing, and he's actually the hero. And because he's such a nerd, he can actually like save the world. Like that's the nugget of a plot that built all these other like nerd references and threw them in there. And this idea of the Oasis and stuff like that, that could, that there was a grain of something there. Whereas this second book feels so uninspired, even compared to the first book where he's literally just rehashing the plot. I mean, if you, you're talking about like not having an editor, the entire plot of this book is the exact same as the first book. Hey, Here's another adventure where you have to figure out clues in order to save the world. Like, there is nothing new about it. None of the characters have any arcs as to actually do anything. It's just like, let's do the exact same thing over again with different references, and no one learns a thing. Yeah. Uh, and and so, the, the, yeah, even, even where there was that little bit there. So, yes, it totally feels like there's no editor, because outside of, yeah, the poor writing and the stream of consciousness – my goodness, and the the uh, forgetting what you've just written. I mean, I think I think the biggest example. Not that we have to stay here very long, um, but the the part we've all kind of uh, referenced in our talks beforehand, where it says that this VR machine makes it so that you can experience whatever you want in VR, except you don't feel pain. And then a page later, he talks about how mothers are forcing their children to relive their birth, but you can't feel pain. <laughs> so you're just kind of, you're kind of sitting there with no, with no pants on. That's <laughs> push. But they're not oh, your video. pants. <laughs> Nobody's pants. There's no pants. <laughs> anyway, Paul, before. So hold on, hold on. Okay. I came to a revelation a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and this is not me being chariz- charismatic. This is me like actually like coming up <laughs> with something. So I was teaching oh. my students about poetry. Okay, and we were going down a vocabulary list, and then I got to the word simile, which is like saying something is like something else, basically. And so I it dawned on me: Did Ernest Klein like basically just learn about the entire concept of simile? And he's like, "That's awesome. I like that." I'm going to use that. Yeah, I'm going to use it a lot. And I just wanted to fill the entire book up. <laughs> but lot. it's not even good simile. That's yeah. that's the problem. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, he's still functioning at a grade school level, you know. You got to cut him some slack there. 
Yeah, mm, yeah, like um, <laughs> you know, the uh, just having all those re- uh, references and uh, I, I, again, the difference in the two books is that, like, in the first book, it's like you get into the Tomb of Horrors and you have to be a nerd to get through this. This is the deadliest dungeon in Dungeons and Dragons history, and you need to have played it and beaten it in order to know how to get through it now, or just pull it up in your HUD and cheap, uh, which everybody in the world can do. <laughs> but, you know, that there, there's like skills there. But like this time, it's like, oh, no, the room number is Max Headroom's room number, and the locker number is 42 from Life, the Universe, and Everything. And then the code this is secu- Ginny's number. Secu- and it's like, uh, okay, so y'all just, you're just naming things. And and then uh, <laughs> well and then yeah. and then it's 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 t- like I just as far as like the Jenny's number thing I think there's like oh hey Jenny I've got your number there's like Wade quips these things <laughs> right yes. it's just like you're like no one would say that yes no not a single person in case you didn't get it right, earlier yes. speech, speech. this is a reference to a popular song oh my goodness and i'm sure he felt himself making that and too. this was a building <laughs> yes this was a building in the middle of a years long easter egg hunt and like no one thought mm-hmm. to look at the number the locker numbered 42 because that's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Enter Jenny's. I mean, mm-hmm. they were trying everything. Could they not figure that one out? But all right. No, no. <laughs> Stepping back even one more step because the references in this book are so lazy that they don't even fully make sense. And I forgot exactly what was happening in the in the book at this time, but there's there's some point where he's referencing the 13th floor and he says like the mm. like the 90s sci-fi film the 13th floor. And I'm sitting there's like do you not know why that movie's called the 13th floor? I mean, are you aware <laughs> that like because of superstition, like buildings skip that floor and you go from 12th to 14th and that's why it's the 13th floor because there's actually something there. I mean, it, it's like you you don't even understand the references that you yourself are putting down. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah. I mean, it's it, like, it's yeah, like, it's but, the, and, um, <laughs> the moment, uh, it, it's the moment. What is it? Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember uh, between Dawn and uh, Twilight, so I'm totally even messing up my own reference. But Twilight is r- right before the sun goes down, right? Isn't that what Twilight is? Oh, I thought you were Anyways, talking. Regardless. I thought you were talking about the the, the know, pop culture the phenomenon. Actual time, the Twilight actual time by of Stephanie day. Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> right, another terrible, Which another terrible book. Yes, <laughs> that'll be that'll be our next episode. Um, no, but, not, I am not but reading it's that like book. He looks out no. the window. And and the sun no. is going down, and he's like, it's the moment in time uh, that's referenced in that TV show, The Twilight Zone. You know, it's like no, <laughs> right, it's, yes. the, the reason that that show is called that is because you know it's it's getting it backwards there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it is it it is uh, painful how it, and there's just ah. Uh, like sometimes like the cleverness can be like you can make a reference like I, and, and the guys from 372 pages like they, they talk about this. But like, you know, everybody who's like reading this 
sort of knows the references in a lot of ways, but it's like, mm-hmm. he goes on to like, there's other parts where like, so he's like lazy and sort of like the 13th floor stuff and not really understanding like the context behind that and everything. But then he goes on in great, like in great detail to explain how 42 is significant because in Douglas Adams, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, which Halliday loved, you know, <laughs> right. was, it was like, and it's just like, Really? Like that's the one you're gonna go with, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice. But that that, that is one thing oh, that wow. I, I repeatedly make fun of him for is that he, he keeps making these references to nerd culture, but like they're the most surface level references in a lot of ways. Like the the, the references mm-hmm. in Play, Ready Player One were deeper. The, but like mm-hmm. like Ginny's number, 42. I mean, these are like I, I mean, these are kind of like mainstream nerd, and and I even texted y'all when um, when I was getting to the Prince part, and I said, I bet you yeah. he's only going to reference songs from nineteen ninety nine, Purple Rain, and Batman, and I and those were the only songs he referenced except for one, and even that one was a gold album, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do want to sort of double back around and sort of like, you know talk about that but Wes you've been pretty quiet so far I mean you you've been interjecting a little bit here and there but I would like to hear just some of like well some of your thoughts in in all of this so far well as you know I am a I am a crazy man and I (laughs) did listen to the book basically all in like one single day Mm -hmm. which is absurd. Don't do that. That that was a really bad idea. God go with you, good sir. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, yes, he better. Because, wow. Um, You you, you have to explain that reference. You know, it's interesting being of, (laughs) I will will not. (laughs) That actually segues perfectly into my point of view from here. This, I think I'm the youngest one here. I think so. I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, you, only being thirty. You and Josh I never are lived both through the nineties. Ba- babies. I'm <laughs> twenty seven, so yeah. <laughs> For oh, nice. thirty years running. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I never lived through the nineties and I was not really necessarily like part of the geek culture in the or, I, I lived didn't live through the eighties. I did live through the nineties, but I wasn't part of the geek culture necessarily in the nineties. So like that entire prince part, like I have no idea. I, I didn't have a clue what he was talking mm-hmm. about. I was like Prince, I think I have, I've heard about this at some point. I think that character was on Animaniacs at one point. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's my only fingerprints. John Hughes movies. Other than just a couple, I, I have no idea, like, honestly, of like the greater John Hughes universe, because I am an uncultured swine and my parents didn't really let me watch it except for Christmas Vacation and Tommy. I don't know. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> well, that's like the best part. It, of, it really is. Of the John but, Hughes like, universe. To this day, like I have never seen Ferris Bueller like all the way through. Hmm. I just had no interest. It just never really looked interesting to me at all. Uh, what else did he reference in there? Like we- Weird Science, Breakfast Club, all those different Breakfast Club. I still never watched Breakfast Club. Sixteen but, Candles, but, but, Pretty in Pink, candles. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Right? Please. Oh I, yes. I, mm-hmm. I don't uh, think so. I don't think so. That's one you need so, to watch, especially yeah, if that, you like that, Christmas that's Vacation. The one. I, I will look into that. But at least in the first book, yeah, he had Ultraman, and that was a deep cut for me. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> honestly, reading his slam poetry book about Ultraman kind of made me ashamed and wanted me to like, cut ties with the fandom forever, to be perfectly honest, because he's a psychopath. 
<laughs> but yeah, he there is was just Belial. entire sections of this book. I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, don't you sully Belial's name <laughs> with that pig? All right, like here's here's the deal with Klein. Is like I think this dude is sort of a contrarian by nature, and like this is just sort of like me playing armchair psychologist here. But his whole thing is like he likes these things that are sort of like he looks at as being like. And I think Paul, you've pointed that this out too from time to time. I don't mean to interrupt Wes, but I just I, I felt <laughs> he like totally being interrupted. And, and I do too, because I'll interrupt you next. Josh, <laughs> Josh is Josh, the only nice Josh person here. <laughs> is the only decent human being besides you, Wes, in this, this chat. Josh is too young. You haven't gotten jaded yet. <laughs> but actually, that's fair. So we, we, we all know them, but like we always kind of thought they were like sort of cartoons, but like those nerds who's sort of liking the thing that nobody else knew about. It's like liking the, the, the band before they became big, but it's like an even deeper cut because it's like, well, it's like liking Ultraman before people knew what Ultraman was or liking whatever before. And it's like, and I think Klein sort of gets his jollies and gets like vindication and validation off of being sort of like on the, the edge of that. And so when, when he can dig up like that, what he considers to be the more obscure stuff in light of like general nerddom, that's like, he's like, no, no, like I'm, yeah, see, I'm legit. I'm legit. Cause I know about Supaida man. And like, and it's like, no one else cares, dude. Like, you, you know, and it's like, this is like, here's the thing. Klein is the nerd with a chip on his shoulder who has never learned to just like, you know, and who is like tried so hard to make that a badge of honor, but has, it's always just been the chip on his shoulder. Does that make sense? Like he's just, he's got a grudge and he, he's like, he's still angry at all the jocks and normal, well-adjusted people in his life who like basically probably, I don't know. I, I don't like Ernest Klein. I'd probably fight him. <laughs> like, have a life now. And it doesn't seem like he's getting any better. Like, no. it, it seemed like he's gone progressively downward since then. Because he just felt like he had an even bigger chip on the shoulder this time around. Like, there were fewer, you know, complete, you know, I'm so edgy, I, I atheist greed, da-da-da-da-da, you know, oh. I'm so cool and smart and enlightened and everything. There was not as much of that in this book, but he still just has absolute disdain for anybody who could even possibly disagree with him. And he is just a hipster and the most like non-cool way you could possibly be a hipster. If that's even possible. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, it well and that that's actually where I don't even know how to describe it honestly. It, and that's where where it plays <laughs> in where he's just saying stuff to get points sometimes. Like, you know, when when he visits Prince mm-hmm. and they have this conversation like, now you know we're not supposed to like Prince because he was homophobic late in his life, right? Okay, we're all clear about that, right? Because we're going to celebrate Prince but, for three chapters. But Prince was awesome, right. and he does it with the John Hughes planet. It's like you, you know, you know, it's racist here, right? Because everybody's white, right? Everybody's racist, right? Okay, but we love John Hughes, so we're going to keep going. And it's like you're trying to score points, but completely, you know, undermining the point that you're trying to make. If it's wrong to like these people because they're racist and homophobic, then get off their stupid planet, man. You know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then what does and it say not, about Halliday, who you know made this this clue there? And what's it say about you that you've memorized all these movies and every little fact about rewrites of these movies? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, 
And he's not even consistent with that, too, because, like, okay, this is going to get into some some edgy territory here. A little bit Uh-oh. edgy. Mm. I'm going to bring in the mm. edge here. Mm. But, like, what was the, the Japanese character's name in the first what was the name soto or shoto something like that shoto yeah sh- shoto and like, in shoto, the first yeah. book will wheaton narrated it with an actual like asian accent was it done in good taste i don't know but you'll notice in this second book he has absolutely zero accent he has zero mm. like any identifiers that he's actually japanese well he can't speak english in this book but he could in right. the first but see, one. See, that's the thing is yeah. is Will Wheaton. No, no, no. This is this is brilliant. This is brilliant because in the first one he was saying, you know, he was imitating Shoto trying to speak English, but now he can't speak mm-hmm. English anymore, and so he's just doing the the, the mm-hmm. translator in in people's ear. That's a reference oh, to yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the. <laughs> I thought that was a reference right. to the Along 2015 with its bestseller delay. book <laughs> of Armada. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, so yeah, it's that, like it he's is. not even consistent with it. Right, exactly, yeah. Everybody's completely flattened to satisfy something. I don't know what they're trying to satisfy, but he's trying well, to that, keep even, himself completely That's not true because H uses slang. So clearly she's a black woman. <laughs> you know, if you're bringing Edge. Well, and I was going to say, like, dude, like, like, I was reading some stuff about about this she's a lesbian just at one point in time right so here's the thing paul because you are so late to the game a lot of my vitriol like a lot of my venom has just sort of like dulled and like (laughs) i i don't have nearly like the like i when i first listened to this book when i I told you guys the story about how i I, you know i was listening to the book and one of my customers customers on my route said hey nate i can't you know i i gave them their mail said hey nate is everything okay and i just sort of shook my head and they were like I was like, no, no. <laughs> well, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm listening to a really bad book. And they were like, why don't you stop? And my response was like, I can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how drugs are bad. It's like, it's, it's just it's so uh, it, Except <laughs> if you have an O&I headset on, then they're not bad because you get all the good without any of the bad. Well, next- no consequences. Oh, the the whole O and I thing was just like, I don't. Well, and like, okay, oh, there's so much. Is that is that a segue? Because that was one. That's one of the points. So I I tried to, to write up like a list of things like broad brush because there's so many minute little things that you can that you can bring up that's just terrible. But kind of some Literally of the bigger. Page. Well, yes, I was, yeah. I was totally. just gonna go on 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 and, and just say like we are like an hour and change into this thing. And besides like some of my ranting and Paul's ranting, um we have yet to actually really I mean we've we've sort of done broad strokes and we've like talked about like some of the things that we don't like, but it's like man, there's just it is hard for me because there's so much in this book that just deserves to be eviscerated. Like it mm-hmm. just you know, whether it is the fact that like, and, and we touched on it, but like Wade is a sociopath and he learns nothing. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole book is a justification for him. So I do want to stick here for a minute because somebody said, okay. brought about the fact like that, like at one point in time, Wade does have this moment where he's like, oh no, Holiday was kind of a psycho. And he, he has to like stop himself from defending the guy from somebody else because he kind of realizes like, no, this dude was kind of a psycho. But 
that doesn't mean anything in the book. And that's like, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm just kind of like, I, I, I just keep coming back to that. And it's like, and the characters, like you, you, we talked about how the fact that the characters do flatten out. And it's, I was reading from other sources where they're like, yeah, they're like, where well, these, these characters were semi interesting and everybody just becomes a freaking caricature. Like H mm-hmm. B, H becomes some sort of like, you know, Wakanda forever freaking, you know, activist. And then Shoto, mm-hmm. like looking at Shoto, Shoto instead of becoming a samurai nut becomes a ninja maniac. And it's just like, or a ninja addict or whatever. And it's like, and it's just like, and Samantha, instead of just being like, she has to become so, sort of like, you know, crusading Wonder Woman, feminist, save the world type. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a combination of Wonder Woman and uh, Mother Teresa. Oh, for Mother Teresa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's as proclaimed in the book by Klein himself. <laughs> Through the mouth of that's where I had to take a break. Through, oh through, my goodness! Through the 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 brain waves of Wade Watts, you know that's like Wade thinking that <sighs> to himself. And I'm just like, but I'm I'm like, what what is frustrating to me is that some of what this book does through it's just sort of like it's it's sort of it's uh, it's whatever. It actually strips like it actually makes the first book worse because. And going back, like like I said, I, I kind of enjoyed the first book. I, I was like, it was like it's dumb, but it's like it's it's not, it's it's okay, it's fine. You know, it's like it's kind of fun. And in this, I'm just like it's it's almost like sort of like seeing the grizzly underbelly. Like there are problems where like you you can sort of like suspend like suspension of disbelief. You can sort of like mm-hmm. enter into some of that in the first one. In this second one, he's like, oh. He just rips it all away. And he's like, I'm going to make it so that you are confronted with the heinousness of everything that I do. But I did not, you know, I guess I wanted to say like, what if, if there was like, for, for each one of us, um, if there was like, like one set piece that you could just sort of like in, in Ready Player Two or just like one sort of particular moment or series of chapters that you would just burn out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and I'm not even just talking about like you would just like burn that in every like people would no longer be able to remember that that was ever part of Ready Player Two. Like I'm, I'm saying like, like we are just like this mm-hmm. is a, a bullet where we're going to shoot this thing and it's just going to wipe it out from memory from ever having existed. Is there anything in ready player two? Like what is the one thing in ready player two that if like you think should, should sort of get that bullet. And I'm, I'm, you know, and I'll answer maybe here at the end, but I'm, I'm interested. Like, uh, you know what, Paul, like you, you start us off because <laughs> uh, you, you laughed and I think you have something. There's so many parts. <laughs> <laughs> But so you can true. only pick one. Uh, Everything from page right. one to three eighty four. Um, there was a there was a particular moment that made me mad. I ranted about it for a while in our in our chat. It's uh, mm-hmm. it, it it and it's um, 
it's with all those sections of like every world he goes to is like, Hey, these are things that are great, but we're not supposed to like them because they're racist or homophobic or something like that. You know? And, um, Mm -hmm. uh, the one that made me mad was on middle earth because, uh, uh, I think it was ages. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you you know orcs are racist, and Wade's like we don't have time for that, even though it's true. <laughs> um, and 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 I and I and I said that I like I could pinpoint when the sensitivity readers pointed this out because this was mm. an argument. It I can't remember if it started late. Uh, I think it was late twenty nineteen. That. It really re- legitimately started with people coming on Twitter and saying, hey, you know, like orcs are brutes and they have low intelligence and they're violent. So obviously they're depicting black people. And well, and, and their skin is a bit darker than everyone well, depends else's. On the orc. Sometimes they're green, <laughs> but but <laughs> but it's, it, it, you know, a lot of us were like, why why did you assume dumb, violent people are black and then blame somebody else for racism? Because that sounds like you're racist. Um, but this took off to the point that like Dungeons and Dragons started revamping everything and to uh, to 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 do away with the differences in races to make it so that like some like orcs like traditionally evil races could be good and and that sort of thing and uh, that it infuriated me and so a lot of people in 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 their effort to um uh to counter that um really uh uh not counter i'm sorry it's to support that started writing all these things about well it's like no no it's true tolkien was racist and it it's just the whole, the whole thing was just absolutely ridiculous and and it's just one of those parts that uh you know ernest klein is trying to virtue signal in the book it's like hey just because we're on middle earth doesn't mean i approve of middle earth tolkien was clearly an evil person and um as he did with every other section so that that's the part that like I, I wasn't having fun anymore. That this was pissing me off. Um, yeah. If only they had gone to Rivendell instead, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, like they had totally mm. terraformed in a, a specific area so that they could build a house that looks like it was on Rivendell, right. not in the books, <laughs> yes. but the Rivendell that's in the movie. <laughs> also, that's another point. Is like people were pointing out. It's like, hey, it looks like all the characters in this are white, and it's like, well. I mean, Tolkien said this was Europe. So, yeah, that... I was going to say, Lord of the Rings is basically a European mythology. It is. I mean, well, and speci- more specifically, a British Yeah, well, the, yeah, the mythology. Shire, he has said, is in mm-hmm. England. Uh, and people have mapped it out, which would make Mordor around, well, about Germany. So, they're not even getting into, like, Eastern <laughs> Europe and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and that's the kind of thing. It's like, well, yeah, that's where white people are from. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to get mad at Black Panther when they're in Wakanda and there's a bunch of black people because it's in Africa. Kind. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to be the guy who's like, hey, where's the white right, people? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like. Um, yeah. I, like, I don't know. I don't think that meets the quota. Speaking so. speaking as a very white dude. You know, but yeah, that that's that that sort of 
but I mean, and the, you know, but yeah, but, but okay. But the actual question is the section I would take out. Like it just, you're just going to burn it from all existence. Like this, nobody will ever remember that this nonsense was in the book. Yes. I think John Hughes planet because I, oh, wow. I love John Hughes films, but it's just really, really boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and this, uh, this is where I mentioned to y'all, uh, you know, in chat, it's like, I don't think Ernest Klein understands why we would want to go through the Tomb of Horrors or go to Middle Earth. We, and we would not want to go to John Hughes Chicago. It's because John Hughes, John Hughes movies take place in, you know, places that are not, not happy or not fun. And normally his heroes are people that are bringing a little bit of humor and light into just really terrible places, you know? And it's like, why, why would anybody want to go there? And just him walking around for chapters going, you know, yes, this is how many John candies are here. And this is, and, uh, and, oh, oh, and Iron Man's here. I almost forgot about that. The Iron Man was almost ducky. And, <laughs> It was driving me crazy uh, as much as I love those movies. But yeah. Yeah. Well, Wes, why don't you like you, you get to burn one thing from existence in this book. What, what is it? That's it. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. <laughs> well said. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I said that a lot while I was reading it. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know if this is the best time to bring up part i would take out but i would i would burn that entire ending just that last ending chapter just mm. oh my yeah, i mean I dude, like I you can spoil it, it but i would so burn it just like just just spoil it man <sighs> hold on there's a rant right here i need gummy bears <laughs> oh are they <laughs> powering up same gummy bears you need yes nice. those are the best dude nice they are quite good so Okay, I hate this ending completely. It feels like a complete cop-out to where he can continue with his complete immaturity in one form. Wade, specifically. Or, what is it, Percival, whatever he calls himself. Z. With a four or something or other. I don't know. He can continue on with his immaturity. And this computer program is stuck as the worst part, the worst time of Wade's life. And that just sounds like a complete nightmare to me. It sounds like he deserves that nightmare. But it still sounds like a nightmare to me. And the fact that, oh, yeah, by the way, I had a photographic memories, and that's why I can, like, remember all this thing. And it's almost like he's excusing all of the parts where he had, like, a photographic memory in the first book, honestly. It's like he completely hand-waved that away. And it's just dumb, and I don't like it, and I hate it. And it was, it was just stupid. Like, so I hate I, it. To, to give, I don't even know how to describe to it. To give the listener context, if you have not listened or read this book yet – the way Ernest Klein basically sort of don't, by the way, <laughs> wraps the book up is they they end up sending a rocket ship into space with these digital AI constructs of different people from from the Oasis. So what 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 basically billions, what happens is billions of people, <laughs> billions of people that they've brought back from the dead. You know, I'm throwing up air quotes. Because the ONI, he literally calls it resurrection yeah. in the mm-hmm. book. But yeah. the ONI headset sort of maps out your brain and basically can create an artificial 
an AI version of a person that's not really that person anymore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And their solution is to take all these people and send them into space with a bunch of frozen embryos. And so all these freaking fake people exist forever and ever in a, the, a, ship in a, a, a sort of a ship in a, a, ship a bottle. In a bottle. Yeah, ship in a bottle. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and that ticked me off because I really like that episode of Star Trek. I thought that was super clever, and then they reference it, well, and I hate it now. I oh, that that episode is so good. Oh, so, and I, I think this is a good time too to like uh, reference the ending. It's like basically this book is being narrated to you by the digital copy of Parzival. It's not actually Z telling you anything. It's the digital version of Parzival, sort of recalling all this to you you know and yeah. it's yeah and uh, you know he almost and gets points can, for that being clever almost almost but it's can, can i point well, something out though because yeah. the bad guy of this book is a digital backup of halliday right yep so why is it a good idea now that everyone is backed up for all of eternity like you literally seen the the entire plot of this book is because they were put in this situation under penalty of death. You have, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever, or, or everyone is going to die. I will send any, everyone into mind numbing shock. Everyone's going to die unless you, unless you fulfill this quest because of the backup of this, you know, amazing character who created the Oasis. So why is it all of a sudden a good idea to back up everyone else? Ever? Well, that's going to be the plot of Ready See, Player was that, Three. Was that explained ever? Well, two decades at all? No, no, no. Here's the thing, and, and I do, I do want to come back to Klein's God complex. Just mm-hmm. a second. I'm going to actually have to get going because I have to go pick up my wife. So yeah, we'll keep recording, I dude. To, I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to mute my microphone, but I'm just going to keep this up. And if you're on still, I'm just going to hop back in and pretend nothing ever happened. Nice. Hey, does somebody have your have your <laughs> cell phone number in case we see a robber in the house and we can text you? <laughs> Reach me on Discord. I'll, I'll I'll respond there. I don't think he wants to give us his t- his cell number. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a five four one eight six seven five three zero nine. Exactly. Five five zero one two five. Just like in the song that was popular. <laughs> All right, right, buddy. See you in a bit. I'll be back. See you, dude. Maybe. (laughs) All right, man. What what ultimately happens in this book, and again, we'll get into more detail on this, is that Wade kills God. Because in this universe, Halliday is God. And then he recreates heaven where you can feel no pain. Mm -hmm. And he resurrects dead people into heaven and he sets himself up as the new god. Hmm. That's the ending. Yeah. And hmm. I hadn't even yeah. thought about it so, from uh, we're, that we're perspective. Because it's gonna so get back, stupid. We're going to get back to that. Like, but let's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's put a pin in that because I actually yes. do think there's some interesting sort of conversation points in regards to sort of mm-hmm. because and you even touched on it sort of in the first book the institution of a sabbath which they totally ignore in the second one oh yeah um but well, there's also <laughs> i have to i have to be in there i have to be in there tw- 12 hours a day right oh, after i wake up just mm-hmm. like marty mcfly at 
10.28 in the morning <laughs> to the sound of Huey Lewis in the news oh every single day oh. because of a movie I like. All right. I'm going to oversleep as a CEO of the biggest company in the world just so I could be like Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Josh. What, 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 did, what did y'all want to tear out? Josh, okay. burn, okay. it out so, of ex- um, burn something out of existence. I, I am so – okay. Can, can I get – just just because it was touched on in this last one, I have to say that I understand that with sci-fi – in general, there's usually some form of technology that is presented that is impossible, right? And that's what the sci-fi is built around. And so there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be plot holes. But the idea in this book of the ONI headset itself is so... um, it presents so many problems because he tries to create this world that it's built around and, uh, you know, because of this, so you can do all these, these wonderful things. But the concept itself is so ridiculous um, because he hand waves away its entire research process of, of tons of scientists. Because literally at the end of this book, everyone's brains and memories are completely mapped out and uploaded into the cloud, right? So you have to conceive of some sort of technology that is able to access your brain and back up everything. Absolutely everything that you know in a matter of, you know, what, a minute, however long it takes to, to, to jack into the matrix. And he hand waves away all of this by saying, oh, well, Halliday just paid off all of these scientists. So no one ever spoke a word about it when they were working on this thing for the sake of VR, not for the sake of, you know, if you've completely mapped out the human brain, I would think that would have a lot of, um, you could use that for so many different things, like for uh, people whose limbs don't work anymore. Well, and that was the maybe, initial. That was the maybe initial. Maybe there sort might of be implementation. some other. It it just yeah. I I I don't I don't get. But no no everyone everyone shut their mouths. No one said a word. The, the, in the last book, there was an, an entire corporation trying to take over the Oasis. You know, that, that was trying this research holiday and all this stuff. Thousands upon thousands of people who worked for this company. No one ever stumbled on any of that research. No, they, they didn't understand what holiday was looking at for because how long would it have taken to map? So, okay, I get it. I get it. Sci-fi is built around an impossible technology, but it, it is so supremely stupid that, that this technology exists also maps out your brain. Somehow there are never any bad consequences. You cannot feel pain, which in and of itself, that's just a horribly stupid concept that you can feel everything except pain. Like really? You can cut off your pain receptors and still feel everything. He go, he specifically says in the book that people log in with their O&I headsets and shoot up cocaine. But there's no consequence to that. Do you understand addiction? Because, yes, there is a physical (laughs) element to addiction. But also, how do you produce that in someone's brain? Even even eating something and tasting something, how do you produce the effect of taste in someone's brain when you're not introducing something into their taste buds? It's not – it doesn't actually create anything. Like, when you taste something, yes, you're reacting 
to having that in your system, but there needs to be something for the receptors in your brain to actually work get work with. Like it's, it's just it's Whoa. it's a it's a stupid idea. I think what you're yes. seeing is sort of the outworking. I, I think what I would say is I think what you're seeing here is some of the outworking of the, the basically the the sort of the meat machines and the mental computer sort of like when mm-hmm. when. To, hmm, I, there's no way to be fair to this sort of perspective because it's ridiculous and nonsensical. But, um, you know, Klein is of the persuasion that basically it's all just zeros and ones. And if you can sort right. of crack, you know, in his book, and he, and again, he sort of hand waves it away, but, you know, the, the technology has advanced to the point where, you know, this this ONI system, you, you plug it on your head and it knows how to manipulate all the zeros and ones of your brain to, to make your little like sort of like, you know, monkey brain do whatever. You know, so mm-hmm. to, I mean, but it's right. it's a it's a ridiculous premise. And I mean, right. there there are I'm sure that anyways, there, there's so much like wrong with that. But, yeah, it's just it is pretty frustrating i i guess you're just sort of, like i said i i would say i think you're seeing sort of the emptiness of sort of the you know you like this is sort of the emptiness of the atheist sort of like evaluation of humanity that mm-hmm. we, we're so easily duped that you know a, you know a machine just knows how to fire the right zeros and ones at the right ze- parts of your your brain to get your mental computer to simulate x y and z i mean right right but the problem is that he, he uses that concept to then play both sides of the field by saying except it can't recreate actual love for people right because the whole thing is Halliday's a psycho because he he's obsessed with kira so you can't actually recreate Kira. Oh, but you actually can, and then we actually do at the end of the book, and everything's great, and everything's fine, and there's no problems anymore, even though this entire book was about the problems that could happen, but not anymore. Um, so well, that's it's, the, that's well, the it Mary Sue Harry the, Potter thing. Like, Well, and part of the problem is obviously Halliday was not looking at enough porn, because if he were looking at right. more porn, mm-hmm. he would know that he would have we, understood. love is love. Yeah. And oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that that whole thing could definitely make the top of the list. Uh oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. But and clearly maybe, if he, maybe that should be the part that we should burn out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, even you even you had mentioned in our uh in our chat how that's accident it, Klein seems to have accidentally stumbled on something that may be true in our day. Um but regardless, okay. Yeah. So all that, I, I, I'm sorry, I had to rant yeah. on that. You're fine. Uh, but again, fine. I under, I understand <laughs> there's, that there's it no, is... there's no ranting in this, in this podcast. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> um, no. I, I get, I We're... get. Sci-fi is, is about these impossible. It, it just, it just gets under my skin when he tries to build things on it. When it's like the foundation is so stupid. So how do you build that and and totally neglect these other things? Okay. So had to, had to give a little rant. The, the. The other thing that's not quite so widespread, just the tiny little anecdote that also got under my skin, and this is why I mentioned, you know, another D&D module, is that the entire first book sets up that your main characters, the high five, were all about memorizing everything about Halliday, right? 
that they spent their entire flipping lives just memorizing everything that he knew, everything that he loved, all the movies that he loved, all the games that he enjoyed, you know, memorize, like they could beat video games, you know, whatever. So, so you set up all these characters who are supposed to be complete, have encyclopedic knowledge of this guy's life. And then uh, he sets up this other, in the second book, he sets up this other adventure to go on with these other clues. And it's, you know, it, it says that you're supposed to free the siren's soul or something like that. And they don't know what that means. And so that you have to introduce this other character to figure out what that means. What that means is that the girl that Halliday was obsessed with wrote a D&D module that, that, her and her future husband that was best friends with Halliday and Halliday all played together and no one knew about it. Like that, that just blows my mind that they had to introduce someone else to say, oh, oh yeah, no, that was the name of her D&D module that she freaking wrote. Like they're supposed to know everything there is to know about Halliday and they had never heard of this D and D module like this. It, it in universe, it's the stupidest thing that because they have to introduce this other character who's also pandering uh, in order to in order to do that. But I, th- that just absolutely blew my mind because literally in the flashback that that he gets to see about Kira, where where she you know like writes it or whatever, he recognizes the color and shape of her necklace. Wade does in this little flashback, but he doesn't know about the freaking D and D module. Like this dude is super nerd. Doesn't no, I I didn't know she wrote that. I need to pay someone a billion dollars. It's, it's the name of the freaking adventure. (sighs) Yeah. Sorry. Can can I add to that? That like the, the potentially best part about the book was completely glossed over. And that was the quest to get dork slayer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not wrong. I mean, that would have been that. That's like the only thing that didn't that. Well, didn't have this like ridiculous and ridiculously annoying things. Like, here's the puzzle: we have to get we have to get fifty merit badges and solve all these math problems. Oh, that sounds like it's going to take a long time. Don't worry, I already did it. I did it ten years ago. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> we're done now. The, the sort of the instant <laughs> resolution. <laughs> to yeah, uh, yeah. like any well, any problem that sort of shows up and it's just like oh no uh, well i i already sort of uh yeah well, cuz it was alluded to earlier in the book he was like oh i spent so much time there as a kid i maxed out everything there was to do in that world and then later you show up oh right. yeah you have to max out everything to do in this world oh yeah great i already did it when i was 6 <laughs> they they do that again when h like uh, breaks Prince's motorcycle and then starts crying about it and like and they do it okay. they, well, they do it when Artie walks them through all of the John Hughes nonsense like right, it's yes. like it's mm-hmm. sort of like this everybody is perfectly equipped to sort of deal with any potential challenge that mm-hmm. like y- you know and you Spe- know what that's kind of BS speaking of Artemis when she Shogo, almost dies Gets for two pages. a freaking crappy arcade game and everybody else gets that entire was, worlds like oh, that in the arcade game was described in excruciatingly <laughs> boring detail all 16 levels every <laughs> level was described this is a, like 
a super early arcade game. I I pulled the, I didn't know this arcade. I pulled up the video. It looks it looks good for its time. It looks like crap. You know? <laughs> Coming from the guy who likes oh. old video games, he's like, no, this looks like crap. Um, <laughs> oh, and they point they point yes they. Oh. I know. <laughs> Why would they do? But did you know in America up, they yo. made her a man? Um, yeah. Because they hate women. We're not, we're not allowed to like Did this you know game that? because of that. But we're gonna we're gonna play it and master it the first yeah, quarter. No. So Josh, of course. <laughs> One thing. What is it? So what, what, what is? I, I mean, like, let's oh, just, yes. Sorry. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So so the one thing the one thing would be the whole s- siren song thing uh that that was just monumentously stupid because it goes like you mentioned it goes against the first book in its entire you know like all these characters all five of the well um daito had died but you know all four of these characters like studied holiday like crazy but didn't know about his the girl that he was obsessed with the freaking D D module that she wrote so that they could play together you, you notice know that it. they lost a lot that, of that knowledge between the books so that stupid. each person has a specialty now. Like Wade has not read the <laughs> Silmarillion. Like mm-hmm. really? You've, you've, you've listened, you've watched Monty Python, and the Holy Grail 57 <laughs> <Right>. times. <laughs> I, I was going to get to it. I was going to get to it. But but don't don't worry, Paul. It, it, it doesn't matter he was getting, because no, they beat no it on one, the first no try. No one has anyway. ever beaten before. So it's, it's okay. He, he didn't have to, to read the Silmarillion. But then when he went got was getting around to reading it, it reminded him of Artemis. She, right? He couldn't. Mm-hmm. He just right. he was too emotionally from that six day romance. You know. Hey, that was there was a lot of banging. Oh. Yeah. Well, their <laughs> friends. Mean, well, their friends yeah, just yeah, sort of like, yeah. like, oh shucks, they're doing it again. <laughs> that sort of nervous <laughs> side eyeing and just being like pretending not to hear anything. Gosh. And, <sighs> and, and for people who, for people who have not read read this, like, yeah. And, and do you guys remember how from he the was... past? But it is now years and years later. It's several years. Listen later, as as after a six day romance. <laughs> And he is still like, 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 you know, ogling her in like board meetings Mm -hmm. and like thinking about her all the time as he's waking up at 10, 20, uh, 28 every morning. To Huey Lewis Um, in the news. To Huey Lewis in the news. Just like Marty McFly. (laughs) Yeah, which is exactly, which is one of the reasons (laughs) that I was like, surely he is going to figure out that he's a sociopath by the end of this book, right? Nope, which is fair because sociopaths wouldn't realize that. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah one of the one of the reasons that make them sociopaths. This, Works this out is, perfectly this for is him. True. So I, because all he has to yeah. do is make some John Hughes references on the John Hughes planet in front of Artemis, and then she loves him again. Of course, but but it turns out <sighs> she but never only stopped loving early. him. Yeah. The the those six days that six days were were magical. Like, listen, this is coming from a guy who <sighs> has had some relationships where I probably held on to like stuff before I met my oh, wife. Me you know, I dated some women, and there was a girl I was with for six months, and it took me a year to get over her. And okay, like you know what, like, and I can say I can in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that, that was probably like 
not time well spent, but whatever. So, Six. So okay. So days. this is this is true because this was this was me in in in, mm-hmm. in high school, and uh, uh, like if for <laughs> anybody who listens to Dice and Dreary, Crethen is based on me in high school, except I was a little bit more buff than him. You know, he has an 18 strength. I'm at least a 19. Hmm. <laughs> and, and, but, and you you hmm. actually possessed and, and sight. Alive. You were able to see. And you didn't have to sort <laughs> yes. of like do magic daredevil stuff. Well, yeah, that wasn't my choice. But <laughs> I get cursed along the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, and, and that's one of his backstory <laughs> is, is hanging on to an extremely <laughs> short romance way, 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 way too long. But part of Crethen's hmm. arc has always intended to be like this. This was part of my plan is to work him through that, you know, and have and have him kind of emerging at the end mm-hmm. as as mm-hmm. as like, you know, a, 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 a more fully realized person, you know, <laughs> but like doing like possibly some stupid stuff along the way, like kind of falling in love mm-hmm. with the next girl he sees um, in, in a ridiculous way. Who's, you know, uh reincarnation of a uh, warrior anyway. Then anyways, none of that matters, but, but that, that was always the intention is to start him there and have <laughs> him grow because that was a dumb time in my life. And I don't want to celebrate it. That seems mm. to be what Klein mm. celebrates all the time is 16 year old Klein Pathetic and losery, but saving the world <laughs> and never learning anything, and still getting all the girl. of his books, yeah. and still getting the girl. It gets all of the books. <laughs> yep. Well, mm-hmm. he's fifty. He's like fifty years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the one Growth, thing, what if a I could novel burn concept. out like one thing, right, <laughs> is just the the complete and total. Mm-hmm. Wanton disregard for how money actually means anything in this world. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't like it. You know, <laughs> I think one of the things that Fair I enough. just found like kind of like startling was, and we've, we've sort of like talked about how like, like, you know, he's a CEO of basically the only company on the face of the planet really anymore because the Oasis does everything and everybody uses the Oasis. Like Wade Watts is arguably one of the richest people in the world, if not the richest person in the world, you know, and he just dumps billions of dollars into pet projects and just mm-hmm. is hemorrhaging money all the time. Meanwhile, he's sort of like, you know, the, 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 the world is sort of just like falling apart and how none of like, none of these people are actually using money in any way, shape or form that resembles anything, even slightly realistic. Like when he's just like, you know, I look, so this will bring me up to a topic and I almost brought this up, but Loegren or look, Lohengrin. Like, so, which is like, and this is like, this is sort of like that, that sort of like flattening of characters. It's like, this just feels like super pandering to me because Lohengrin is this trans character that he introduces that doesn't really do anything. 
is not really a person, just as sort of an accessory to sort of like do some like token, like, oh, hey, like I'm for trans people. Yay. Go, go me. Go super woke Ernest Klein. Hurrah. But Lohengrin isn't actually a character. All, all. No, no. Yeah. All she, he, whatever is, is just sort of a vehicle like does like two things in the book, like, <laughs> and one of them is off screen, and one of them is completely off screen, and that one thing that's completely off screen would probably be more interesting than the bulk yeah. of the book, but the, yeah. the 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 fetching of the dork slayer, um, but the other thing is like solves the initial problem, and like here's here's part of my issue with that, and and I'll circle back to the thing I actually hate, which is like Wade's just like. I'm going to give you a billion dollars. Here you go. Here's a contract, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, that's a billion dollars. Like, and that, and, and I think what bothers me is that like, it's just so flipping like, and ugh, okay. So it's sort of off topic, but sort of on brand for me, like the recent mm-hmm. acquisition or the, the pending acquisition, of, of uh, Zenimax Studios properties by Microsoft. Like, and that was a, I, I think an, uh, an $8 billion sort of expense paid for out of pocket. And somebody was at one point in time screeching about like, Sony could, could have done that if they want. And I'm like, no, they can't because Microsoft is, has a net value of $300 billion. They have 700 or set like several hundred billions of dollars worth of like liquid, like, uh, like liquid assets. Like that's, that's a cash transaction and it's a drop in the bucket. Whereas like, you know, and there are things like there's a bunch of legalese that sort of needs to get all worked out with all of that stuff. I said, but like the, the fact is like a billion, <laughs> like you can't just hand off a billion dollars. Like, and again, so like Sony is a, like a 70 or $80 billion company. And even if like they shelled out a billion dollars for an acquisition, that's not all liquid. A lot of that's getting like tied up in stocks and properties. And like, that's not just like you get a billion dollars cash, Mm -hmm. but like Wade is so insanely wealthy, even though he has zero regard for like cash. And it's like, they sell these Oni headsets for the lowest price possible. So I'm assuming that they're not making any money on those. You, you know, and it's like they're basically that, that's what you think by the lowest price possible. You would think they wouldn't be making any money, but. But, you know, but, by the definition but, of the words. But and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just the, like the complete and total disregard for how even like basic sort of like money. <laughs> and it's it's just like. I don't know. Like, and again, this is sort of just, I'm, I'm just like, ah, uh, like when I would read that and it'd be like, oh, I, you know, gave, I gave Lohengrin a billion dollars and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, dude, n- no, like, you, you know, and like 372 pages, Mike and Connor sort of like ripped into this a little bit, but they, like, they were talking about like how, like, yeah, I'm I'm sure that the 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 board of directors, you know, 
was like super th- like the actual people who run the company because like at this point in time you just have to sort of like see, there's oh, so much here that makes me crazy <laughs> because okay like there is like the whole like he's a ceo of like arguably the the biggest company on the face of the planet the well it's not arguably it is the biggest company on the face of the planet and like he does nothing with his time all day so this is just like he's obviously sort of like a bruce wayne where like you know bruce wayne in the movies and stuff doesn't really have anything to do with the actual running of the company he's just a playboy money spending goon and i i there's so much there that like when I read that stuff and I'm just kind of like, and then it, the, the other part is like, like, and here's what kills me. Like and some of this is like sort of a bit of a moral failing with Wade too, but it's like Longgren's like, Hey, I can show you like what the next part is. And Wayne's like, or Wade is like, no, I got it. Like, I'll figure it out. Thanks. And I'm like, yeah. you super douche. Super yeah. <laughs> douche. You have no clue. Like there, there are like people, like billions of people's lives at stake. And you're like, nah, I'll, I, I got this. Like, shut up tool. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, my, you're talking about pe- my, billions my of people's part. lives at stake. Like Lohengrin was actually said to be like severely malnourished, you know, in real life. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so like, right. Great. It, and that is my favorite my favorite part because Klein goes into some detail about how but all she, of but she was pretty cute. Four owner, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of these four owners are good people because of charity, and 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 he explains that Wade's charity is giving free O and I helmets to underprivileged kids so they can spend twelve hours a day playing a video game. <laughs> I mean, and it's really like if, like, if, like, the 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 head of Microsoft was going around like this. This is my charity to underprivileged kids. Here's an Xbox. Now your life is in order. Wait, you're really skinny. You're like malnourished. Here, play some games. <laughs> Here's an and, Xbox. And then all of these, and, and and one of the reasons that all these people are malnourished is because they spend all the their time in the oasis kind of like Wade did just to escape from everything instead mm-hmm. of uh instead of like you know actually getting a job and stuff but they've probably been forcibly removed from their home so Wade could build a memorial for his mom because that's the thing that actually happened and in his the aunt and his aunt that he and hated that cra- <laughs> right yes <laughs> and that nice Christian neighbor lady. She was so, I mean, it's so sad. If only she had had the vast wealth of knowledge that Wade did to realize that there's no God. But he didn't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> that I know. He learned if only, if from only, 80s pop culture. If only, you know, if only she had been converted to the Church of Wade and lived a few more years, then she would have everlasting life under his care. Yeah. Well, in e- oh my gosh! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many yeah, things. Yeah, she just, like, that, she that just a, missed that, the boat. That was a double she, face palm right there. Because <laughs> she just mm. missed the boat. Yeah, we, yeah. Because once he would have taken over the oasis we, we, and made those headsets, 
Ah, oh, man. I know. How crappy is that? We, we broke Nate. <laughs> <laughs> no. That rage that had been simmering down has reemerged. <laughs> but, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about, though, is like, like when, I, when I made the comment earlier that this book actually makes the first book worse. Like, it <laughs> sort of... Ah, uh, like it's just well, well, hmm. well wait, wait. So they is never every bit as do, much of a douchebag as Sorrento was that he was sub- saving the Oasis from in book mm-hmm. one. Like all of that, you know, like profit making that is so evil. You know, corporations making profit so evil. Mm-hmm. But he's made so much money, he could just give out a billion dollars to poor malnourished kids that he didn't bother to feed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it's well, like the well, the answer to all of this, though, is screw the Earth. That we're dead anyway. Just back up your consciousness to the cloud and let's get the hell out of here. Like that's the that's the answer. The answer is that is that the world is so effed up right now that there's no there's no purpose. Live your life in the oasis in VR because the world the earth sucks so let's go somewhere else because we've we've screwed up so bad there's no our redemption is get getting the hell out of dodge yeah and don't worry there's a wade over there too to help us (laughs) yeah wades wades are omnipresent (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) yeah i just i i don't know like I think there there were so many like I think uh, well and like I said like <laughs> the first the first book it is this like you know what this is kind of a cool playground and there's like lots of nerdy stuff where I'm like yeah like giant robots I like giant robots and it's like I like the idea of like giant robots like you know sort of beating the crap out of bad guys like I'm down for that and then but this book sort of instead of like the the nerdy set pieces and stuff like that like he he does sort of dip into Tolkien but it's like i don't know and i know we're sort of doubling back a little bit but like the john hughes stuff and the the prince stuff it just feels like such like weird reaches to me like the video mm-hmm. game okay so like this is the one thing that can be said about sort of like shoto's expertise like his his couple of chapters and where Klein basically describes video game levels for, you know, 16 mediocre levels of a video game. Um, but like, I don't, the, the, everything about this book just feels lazy and jaded and it's just a cheap cash grab like this. And it's, you know, uh, mm. and I just, and it, it actually makes the things that it's sort of like, tries to hold up a little worse because now they're, they're sort of stained with the taint of this trash heap. <laughs> like, does it, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, I'm not like a huge John Hughes fan, but I have enjoyed Ferris Bueller's day off from time to time. I don't mind mm-hmm. uh, the breakfast club occasionally. I don't mind pretty in pink. You know, I don't mind John. And I love, I, I love some of the national lampoons movies. I don't want to watch any of them. <laughs> maybe maybe ever again like like listen i have strong feelings about muppet's christmas carol i think it is hands down the greatest christmas movie ever made uh if klein 
were somehow like you know like it would be like one of those things where like if you were like put like a muppet planet on and like tarnish that i would i would hate i would i would probably be flying out to wherever this man lives and trying to like Oh, he lives in Austin, so I'd be paying Josh a visit, and like, <laughs> like I'd be, you know, I'd be like, "Hey, Josh, I gotta disappear for a few hours. Come back dragging <laughs> garbage bags, you know." That occasionally, like, sort of like, there's like some moaning come out, come coming out of, like, "What did you do, Nate? What did you do? I made things right." <laughs> it, you know, it, it it as 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 much as it sold. I am kind of now wondering if this is just going to turn into 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 Kingdom Hearts, where we have to have a new a new Kingdom Hearts movie. And what world are they going to put in? I hope it's Avengers. You know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, and that's that's a that's actually like a really good parallel because that's exactly what this feels like. Only this doesn't have like the sort of like the craftedness and the care. Oh think, yeah! No! 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 <laughs> this is just like. This is like cheap, like like instead of GI, like you know how like you got like the knockoff GI Joe from the dollar store. It was like GI Jim, and uh, yeah, or, or you know like <laughs> GoBots, you know, yeah, yeah. Like it was like, and that's just like that's what Ready Player Two feels like. It's just like it sort of cheapens everything it touches. And I was actually like the the girl who cuts my hair. I was sort of telling her about this book, and I said, I said, what, yeah. You, why would you do that when somebody has scissors? Oh, she's she's funny, <laughs> and she 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 was just like. Uh, and then I said, I said, and then he brought up Prince, and she's like, "Don't you talk about the purple one?" And I was like, I was like, "Listen," I said, "Don't get angry at me." I was like, "He ruined it." <laughs> I was like, "Point those scissors at this guy." But I was like telling her, I said, like I was never like what anybody would call a a super fan for Prince. Like I didn't stand for Prince, but I always thought like, hey, he was an interesting cat, you know, and it, you know, I knew the hits and I thought like they were fine. And I knew a little, like I had heard some other stuff too. I also knew that that dude could ball, you know, like, and he apparently dunked on Eddie Murphy one time or something. And, uh, <laughs> but Charlie Murphy. Uh, well, hey, the brothers <laughs> yeah, dog. But that 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 bit was so funny. <laughs> like that's that's about the extent of my knowledge of Prince. I respect him as a musician, but they were I playing never ball listened to his music. And, like Prince Dave just Chappelle. schooled them. <laughs> like forget your couch. <laughs> but that's that's, that's the Rick James stuff. But oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that's right. That's Rick James. Charlie Charlie Murphy stories were were the that's best right. though. Like yeah, when he, when he, but yeah, like Prince. Like they played ball with Prince. Prince like basically mm-hmm. dunked on on them and just schooled them and then served them pancakes. Um, but I don't know. There, there's this. I guess there's this sort of like I, I feel bad for like legitimate kind of super fans here because I feel like he in touching this stuff he's actually cheapened it and kind of ruined it like and it that bums me out like because it's like that's the exact opposite of I think what you'd want anybody to do to any, like to your favorite fandoms. I I don't know. There's just something like heinous in there because he's, he's actually sort of like, because he's so like vile, 
and I'm not just saying like he's he's like a garbage person, right? But like because it's just so cheap and so crass and so low effort and just petty and kind of nasty that it ruins. Yeah, well, in 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 trying to in setting out to make this like aspirational nerd character in the first book, he's completely like devolved into the 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 worst at the worst aspects of that of that nerd um persona and just that that idea of the kid who would get shoved in the locker that is wade and he never grows and somehow he is exalted as this this i mean like you said paul like this holy character who who is able to create you know the the new heaven well you know and it's it's like um the prince part in particular i thought was a cool idea for a world because mm-hmm. Prince, Prince as an artist was so visual, you know, it's like, yes, he was a musician, mm-hmm. but like, you know, the, uh, the images in you know, that, that he, he had on stage that he had in videos that he had in film were intentional and very thought out, you know, and there's a whole iconography going on with Prince, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so it was a really, really cool it was a really, really cool idea for a world, but then just running around and it's like, you know, you know, uh, okay, well, I've already found all these pieces. Let's stuff them in a bag. And now we're going to have a big brawl with like seven princes and his whole backing band. And then we have our whole backing band. And, and it is like, and they literally like, just like they go one by one as they're attacking and none of the attacks, they, they don't describe them hitting anything. It's just, you know, that oh this prince played this guitar and this prince played this guitar and then pr- this prince played this guitar and then we fought for a long time and our backing band killed off pretty much everybody and only left <laughs> two of them them it's like wait what the hell is going on here you know and and, right. beside, and, and it's one of those things, it's it's like in the first one with like you know oh I can perfectly play Rush now it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how complex that music is it's like look. Prince was pop, no doubt about it. He was also one of the greatest guitarists who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. And well, and that's and that's the the funny bit is that because Wade's been taking lessons for like six months, and he's got right, he, yeah, he's gotten pretty good from Van Halen. Yeah. he's like, oh, here's some music. You have to you have to memorize all of these licks to battle Prince. It's like could 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 you not give. Yeah, could you not give us those licks like, you know, like an hour ago when we were stabbing the the motorcycle or something? <laughs> not like, oh, we're right outside. Do you have that music, right? Oh, here's the sheet music for you, you know? It, it's 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 so it 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 all of the uh all of the challenges that Wade encounters get cheapened because they're not a struggle, you know? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I can outplay seven princes. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest players of all time. There's seven of them. I can beat them all. Is because I trained under Van Halen is, is, for a year, for six months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and it, it, I mean, it's just like that with every it, with with every part. It's like an arcade game. Those things are designed 
for you to die quickly. So you'll put more quarters in. And I don't care if you have somebody over your shoulder saying, Hey, those ninjas are bad. It doesn't help. You know, (laughs) you you can't, you can't beat an arcade with one quarter the first time you play it. (laughs) But it's Wade. He's, he's, he's the chosen one. He's like he's like a crappy version of Neo, you know. Right. He's well, uh, and these mm-hmm. these are these are the miracles that prove his worth. Yeah, you know, he is the Messiah, and so here hmm. here is my miracle. I can, uh, you know, I can I can do the impossible. I can I can complete this quest on Middle Earth that no one has ever completed before. The, the even though I know nothing of the of the first age, I can you know beat this uh, arcade. A machine no one has ever beaten it with one quarter except the uh the one the one girl ever you know and uh and i can also be prince to to give context probably like so here's the thing in in this memory or whatever wade is occupying whatever her name i can't remember what kira kira's body and like <laughs> it, the the whole thing is like the the oni headset is like it's supposed to put you in that person's sort of position. So here's and like this is like part of like the writing that drives me nuts, where he sort of like totally ignores these devices. He's already sort of like he's already like he hasn't like out and out said it, but what you're actually getting is like bits and pieces of Kira, like and you're living those experiences through her. So instead of sort of them sort of like like Klein actually sort of embracing this and saying, well, yeah, Wade would have sucked at this game, but because he was playing as Kira, like that there was like, he had access to that neural programming and the hours and hours of practice. And so like they, they could have made it so that he just like, it was sort of like, like his body just sort of like reacted on his own and they could have explained that away. And that would have actually been sort of a clever narrative hook. It would have been cheap. It would have been whatever, but it would have been better than the whole like Wade because he's awesome. Put in the quarter and he just like, he rocked the screen, but, but you, but you can't do that because Og had to get a different score than Wade. Og had to get a score that lined up with two, two addresses on the same street and the, the most, weird <laughs> clue as to where he was of all time. Oh. Like, listen, this, like, Ernest Klein is no Agatha Christie. Cannot write a mystery to save his life. <laughs> but, uh, like, well, yeah, it's like, half the dude, time like, he clears up the mystery before even presenting it. So he's like, uh, Hey, here's the clue. And this is exactly what it means. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hey, Wes, uh, well, Wes came out. back and he's he's not at all surprised that we're still yelling about this. Yeah. Book. So I talked about the <laughs> the thing that I would burn out of existence would be basically uh, Ernest Klein's complete disregard for the actual value of money, um, and just how it's just like a billion dollars means nothing, uh, and just millions of dollars just being shot down the toilet means nothing. And uh, Josh burned out. Um, Oh, the the fact that the the entire sort of quest is built on a D and D module that these obsessive super nerds knew all about uh, everything about Holiday, but somehow it would have never come up in all of the the sort of obsessive 
fanboy drooling, you know, rabid devotion to their god Holiday that this girl that Holiday was obsessed with that they all knew about created a D&D module called, you know, the, the Shards of the Siren or whatever, the Shevin, whatever the stupid thing was called. It doesn't matter because it was <laughs> dumb the Dragon it was Balls. bad. And Ernest Klein should feel bad. And people, but <laughs> so we, but then we sort of took a, a left turn into, we were talking what? a little bit. What? Well, maybe a right turn. <laughs> no, was, we would never get we, off topic. We had topic. a few more things to bring you, up <laughs> that we hate about the book. That's all. Well, just, just, just one or two. I brought up things. the fact that like one of the things that was really disappointing was like you have these potentials for semi-interesting set pieces and he doesn't really do that. Instead, he sort of takes you to the Hughes universe and to Prince Land. And I said, and actually his portrayal of those two properties actually makes them arguably worse. Um, but we, we did sort of rant about Prince World for a little bit and how like awful that was. And uh, I'd be interested in hearing some of your takes on, on either one of those two. You know, I, I don't really have too many opinions other than that, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Prince World and John Hughes World were both kind of complete, like, blips on the radar for me. I had I really very little commitment with that. The thing I want to talk about is the complete lost potential of the education world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I bet you didn't even think about it until now, until I actually mentioned it. Because, like, the educational... Oh, yeah, there was an education world. That was, like, you know, five we, pages worth of... Nothing, no, no, like, no, no. We was, sat through several math problems and 50 merit badges. Oh, wait, no. that <laughs> True enough. That, uh, no, he, no. he had already done all those. Or, or we, we... You know what? We what, what was really leveraged there was the deeply emotional sort of set pieces and nostalgia moments where, where Wade was humanized yep. because this was a place where his, he bonded with his mother. And they spent oh. a paragraph talking about the emotional resonance. And then it's like oh. – and he gets a little weepy and weird. But can, can, can I point out real, real quick that he built a museum to his own life? And then he crawls in it and cries. <laughs> this is not a healthy man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh Educational God. world. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, so it, just, it, it actually, ah. this is pretty interesting. Uh, it is such a, uh, a, it's wasted potential because something like that for me, okay. You know, Wes has talked about how we're kind of the young guys in the room. Um, having those like early educational CD-ROMs that does actually bring up a bit of nostalgia, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can remember games like that that were never like some were like branded, you know, like Toy Story, whatever. But then other ones were just not, you know. I I couldn't tell you the characters that were in it. Just some anthropomorphic animals that were teaching you letters and numbers and things like that. So when he brings it up, it's like, oh yeah, I vaguely remember something like that. And and this is this is called subtlety. This is something that Klein knows nothing about because, because you understand what he's saying without him having to reference what? the Toy Story CD-ROM that came out in 1992 right after the movie hit it big. It was Pixar's first mm-hmm. CGI animated He didn't have to say any of that. He just brought up, oh, there were these educational games that I played as a kid and I learned a lot of mm-hmm. uh, you know my phonics through these things. I, I would and so it totally does play. Oregon Trail World. 
that just live Oregon Trail world all the or time. Or mention something along those lines. The, like the one chance that he had at subtlety, he just he just throws it away. It has nothing mm-hmm. like it, it's so underutilized. After the um, yeah, after talking about Prince World and John Hughes World, and the only word that I can think of to describe those. Not sure that we should include in the podcast, so I'm going to say it, and you can bleep it out if you want to. Masturbatory. <laughs> Just yeah, it, it went on for. Wes has already said so that long. on the retro stations. <laughs> Just to show. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. I think it was. I think it was Anyways. in regards to Klein too. If I'm not mistaken, it's, it's an apt <laughs> term. It is an apt Weird. term. Yeah. It's just yeah. So, yeah it, it, go ahead, Wes. Like going along with what you were saying, like it, you fill in the blanks of these animal characters yourself. It's like, oh yeah, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember that rabbit. I remember that dog. I remember that stupid frog that took all of my pogs away. Yeah, I remember these games. And it's just like, yeah, this was this was kind of subtle. You fill in the blanks yourself. You can actually like he almost has shades of being a good writer, and then he just totally like undermines and he subverts expectations. Let me tell you, because <laughs> <laughs> the emotional weight of what could have been from that scene was completely undercut just by it's like, ah, and I'm kind of bored and I'm just going to move on now. So yeah, that to me, that actually made me angry. Like honestly angry. Cause it's like, oh, you had did you know how awesome I was when I was six? Cause I finished it all already. I memorized all the math problems. Every <laughs> single one. Because <laughs> yeah. Halliday was, Oh wait, uh, no, this is before I knew Halliday. And math is racist. <laughs> yeah. There were That's no black people like in math. that game. <laughs> what, Wes, Wes, have you, re- have you oh, read no. Ender's Game? Not yet. Oh, okay. Because there's an educational uh, like VR program in there, but it's training Ender to be evil, essentially. <laughs> you, you might go. get That's a kick out of that math. one because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's much better written than, than this. <laughs> You mean yeah, it just, Scott Card actually knows how to write? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, Orson Scott Card is, is a heck of a writer. Heck of a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. actually recommend, I, I think it's called the Seventh Sun series. Oh, I haven't um, read that one. I'll check, okay. have to check that out. Let me, nice. let me just double check. Like, I know that's like a weird, it's a, it's set in sort of Americana um, versus it's, yeah, I'm just, yeah. This is great radio. I apologize in advance, but I don't really care either. So. Truncate silence. So I've, so I have a question. Wonderful command. Since mm-hmm. Nate asked the question of what, what part of the book would we nuke? Is there anything? We don't even have to go around on this. Is there anything in the book that you would say is good? Anything. Uh, it ended. It did end. <laughs> right. It ended poorly, but it ended. Um, I, 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 I seriously like the idea of Prince world and, uh, okay. and okay. So, uh, all right. I know at least half of us are not huge Prince fans, but, mm-hmm. uh, his possibly most iconic album, purple rain starts with mm-hmm. let's, let's uh, go crazy. And it starts with this like revival, like organ, playing and him preaching and and it starts with it and it's in the book and it it, it starts with um 
uh, this line. I'm going to get it wrong, but it says, uh, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate this thing called life, electric word life, and it means forever. And that's a mighty long time. But there's something, something, it says something like, you know, there's something after that, the afterworld. And that's the name of the planet. And that intro was like, that's, that's a great intro to a, a prince world, you know? Uh, okay. And so I like that moment. Mm-hmm. Nice. And well, that song is rocking, by the way. <laughs> mm. I, I liked it when the plane crashed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we just talk about how like they're oh. all like joking and dancing after counting charred bot like real charred bodies on the grass? They're joking and, then- and dancing in the virtual world. <laughs> not on the chart, but it's not, not, no, not, not okay, that yeah. much of a monster. <laughs> but but it's like, and they're choking over like a stupid reference. Like they're like all like, oh gosh, that's really bad. That's like that movie, and they're like, good one. And then they do a little <laughs> dance and give each other high fives. And it's just, gosh, this guy's so sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and I I loved how th- Klein is such a poor writer. That he says after the plane crashes that there was no way Artemis could have survived that. And then two pages later, she right, survives yes. it. It's like... Oh, and I didn't notice like this when I read it, but uh, uh, the, the three, 372 pages points out that like this was a an abandoned park that it crashed into. Mm-hmm. And then there's charred bodies in the abandoned <laughs> park. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the few people. So the moral of the story was you should have stayed home and plugged into the Oasis. Well, and that's, but that's going back to what we were talking about where like, sometimes I think he just forgets what he writes and he yeah. like, you know, he's just like, I wrote this a page ago and it's like, and then there's just charred corpses everywhere. It's like, then you just sort of try to say it was abandoned and that nobody was really there anyways. Yeah. Oh, good. Libby, but Libby has a seventh son on the, it. Uh, I'll, borrow, I'll borrow that oh, audiobook. Nice. Cool. It's interesting. It's an alternate. It's actually good books. Like Scott Card was, mm-hmm. was, was actually a pretty decent storyteller. And I like the mm-hmm. Alvin Maker books. They're fun. So nice. Anyways, uh, I think so. And we, we've kind of put this off and, and Paul, we, we've sort of talked about it, but we need to talk about not just Klein's weird sort of like God complex, but the fact that like he really, in a lot of ways, is setting up Wade as a bit of a Messiah slash God character. And I think, you, you know, you brought up Paul uh, at, at a different point, you know, in sort of one of our chats that, you know, at the end of Ready Player One, Wade institutes a Sabbath, which he promptly, you know, sort <laughs> yeah. of throws out. <laughs> we, he y- forgot y- he wrote that part. Also, y- that show Joe speaks English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just one of the many things that he forgot. And so it's like, and even like the slightly good thing that Klein does in sort of saying like, hey, maybe people shouldn't be on Oasis all the time. Like, you know. Wasn't that the moral of the first book? Kind of. And like, that's what we learned at the, the end of, of this was Halliday is like, go live your life. Well, Don't stay in the oasis yeah. all the time. Well, it, and the funny thing about him, 
when when you establish Sabbath, which is of course good, but you're not doing it on, you know, Christian theological grounds, it it gets screwy because now it's arbitrary. And I think it was like on a Tuesday or something. I forgot what what exactly it was, but it was, now it's arbitrary. And I immediately thought of a friend of mine who uh, like works it, you know, works late into the evening has a, has a challenging job and was really trying, um, uh, to get into, um, Oh gosh, what's the, why am I blanking on the name of the game? The, um, the, the, the Nintendo game with all the fuzzy animals in the town, animal crossing, animal crossing. Okay. So she was trying to get into animal crossing, but, Tom Nooks was a, was closing as she was getting home, you know, because it it, it happens mm-hmm. in real time, and and it was just one of those quirks that is like she's like I really want to play this game, but like my inventory is full, <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually sell anything until the weekend. Um, and and w- when you're just arbitrarily like setting up in this case a Sabbath, like you know, like there's going to be a significant number of people in the world. Like these, one of these really overworked um, construction workers that are like, you know, building just haphazardly stacks all day long. And like Tuesdays, like their only (laughs) day off and they just want to come home and relax in the Oasis and, uh, and, and it's closed, you know? And so, and so now they have nothing to do on their day off. Um, but it just cracked me up on, uh, you know, thinking about that because, because uh, you, you, when, we, when we try, when we try to put God's good law in place, but not having the foundation of it, it ends up being really, really weird and arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like, and well, and I, I think too, like, it's sort of even. <clears> hmm. <throat> It's just it's it's an interesting sort of. <clears throat> I'm getting a little, little choked up little at the part part because that yeah. touched you so much. Yes, something really like that. You, your 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 commentary your life, was mate. the most moving thing I've ever heard come out of Ready Player One or Two. Um, we we have all we have all put more thought into this than Ernest Klein, it, it, not just Wes, even though he uh, you know he thinks for most of us. <laughs> but it it I do think it is pretty pretty wild how though like you know and I hadn't even seen all of the I mean I'd seen some of it like with the whole resurrection stuff and it's like but Wade is really set up as a bit of a god character and uh, you know I, it just I don't know for it it's it's kind of interesting because you know early on in Ready Player One you know Klein starts off with this whole like atheist screed or whatever and it's just like how how could anybody be so stupid to sort of believe in god but then by the end of ready player two he's basically created a a new god like you know the the immortal eternal digital wade you know all hail the digital wade you know bow before his beneficence and awesomeness you know right yeah and you know, unless unless you're like you know, one of the people that Wade doesn't like, and I think too, like it's it like he's <laughs> he's he's a really fickle god. Yeah. <laughs> you, oh yeah. You know, and it's like if 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 he doesn't like you, 
you know, well, then he's just going to use his armored spider coffin to gun you down. You know, he, he will literally ruin your life. If you take something that he said out of context and make a popular meme out of it, or he yeah. will hunt you down if you, and oh, bankrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and, uh, and this was pointed out in, 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 in 372, but, uh, like, mm-hmm. so like somebody makes fun of him in a song, which is c- clearly free use. I mean, clearly this yeah, is, yeah. this is parody. Take, this mm-hmm. is, this, this is, this is, I mean, like there's, exactly there's what phrase, parody is. <laughs> there's a phrase in the first book that, because like, and it's supposed in the first book, it's supposed to be this like huge sort of like triumphant, like this is like a sort of like the William Wallace moment for Wade. And he, he, he sort of, I can't even say it with a straight face, man. <laughs> he's he utters like and basically he's got this like he's like we're gonna go and we're gonna fight and take the way the oasis and if i don't do these things that i'm promising right now you can mark me down as a six or filleting punk and so somebody makes a, a song out of him saying six or filleting punk because he's a jag off you, you know, that is the, the nicest, like, that's a Western Pennsylvania term. Uh, it does not mean anything nice. Uh, uh, we, we picked up on that. <laughs> and, uh, but Subtle. he's, he's just a garbage, he's a piece of garbage. And, but he ruins this band. He puts, like, he literally brags in the book about how he bankrupted them because they dared to make fun of him because he's an like idiot. each specific person. Like, it's not just, oh, I broke up that band. But it says, like, each person, he intentionally made sure that their life was terrible, that they were not able to financially recover from the fact that they made that song. Well, And And then later in the book... mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm convinced that that's a a power fantasy because people trolled Klein on Twitter. (laughs) Right, yes. You know, like like Wes. You know, Wes, <laughs> you are who he was picturing. <laughs> He's like, I'm going, I'm going to bankrupt this henchin' dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all twenty-seven cents. But it'd be nice if, at any point, at any point, at that beginning of the book, he was called wrong or bad or mm-hmm. anything of the sort. But mm-hmm. he's never he never has any consequences. No. Zero. Zero. Well, low well, low no. very, very briefly calls him out. Oh yeah. And but then they it's quote not even, they quote Bill Murray a, to each other and then that, that then they leave. You know? <laughs> it's not even a call out though, because Lohengrin just sort of basically says like, Hey, uh just, can you stop being such a like it like like listen, if that's me, I'm gonna be like It's getting hey, wait, hard to you're defend a jag you. Off. Quit being a freaking jag off. <laughs> like I can't defend you at all because you're a freaking psycho dude. Where Lohengrin is like You're making you know me what? look like, bad. Can you can you just like sort of tone it down and maybe, you know, like it no, it's like no, like this dude doesn't get called out. And because anybody mm-hmm. who speaks against him, like, you know, he, he'd go around and he'd like sort of basically he'd abuse this sort of superpower that he has in, in the Oasis where he'd make himself invisible. And as soon as these people would sort of be vulnerable, he'd like just blast them. 
just like nuke them. Mm -hmm. And so that any of their progress and all that stuff would get, and it's all empty and silly and petty anyways, because it's just, it's like, it's like, dude, it's basically the equivalent of shroot bucks, you know, that these people are losing (laughs) out, you know, but like at the same time, it's, it's, it's all like video game progress crap, but like, Klein specifically says though that um that that uh, it was for trolling. Like it's not even anyone who's like, oh, yeah. trying to get his real address in real life or what you know, like they they posed no threat to him. They were literally just trolling him. And he's so vindictive that he has to destroy like everything that they've accumulated in the oasis. When Klein has already confirmed that like Life on Earth is just garbage anyway, so everyone spends all their time in the Oasis. Uh, and then later on in the book, similarly, um, he even not even calls himself out. But there's a part where he's like, I really shouldn't look at people's personal information. But in this case, I really need it. Oh, he always justifies so it I think by it's saying okay. it's necessary. He has to pause. Right. It's right. okay when I do He has to pause it. and say, is this necessary? Well, I want to. Yep. So it is. It is justified. <laughs> yeah. Wade is the yeah. ultimate moral authority yeah. in this book. Well, mm-hmm. and that's another. That's another thing is that it, and and we see it and we see it in the uh, in the the section that got thoroughly trashed on Twitter by everyone, where he realizes mm-hmm. that you know that trans people are people too because he has sex with them in the oasis, <laughs> and he liked it. Therefore, oh. it's okay that they live, you know. Um, but it is, it's he is the arbiter of morality, which is an attribute of God. It, it yeah. I mean, everything, everything he's building, he is, he's building his moral law, uh, which includes a Sabbath, he is building his heaven, he is, uh, he is building eternal life. Um, and, 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 and all of these things are, are things that, that only God does or, yeah. you know, uh, properly, I guess I should say. Or at the very, at the very least he steals it, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. can't give him too much credit. He steals all of his ideas. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, and, and I, I mean, I think this completely plays into, um, what scripture says about people who deny, um, deny God and their creator is they end up making idols of created things. And, mm-hmm. um, and this is, you know, this is, this is Klein through Wade, just trying to replace all of the stuff that God does that. I, I mean, I think Klein, uh, if, if he does, doesn't want to admit it knows are true. Um, but he's trying to re- replace them all um, uh, in his own image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that image that it gives you is very fickle. Yeah. <laughs> Just changes oh, on a dime. Oh, gosh. Yeah. He, and, I mean, Wade is a horrible god. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're really like the fanfic should be of this, how horrible Wade's world is because it truly is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Wade's world, Wade's world, you know, <laughs> you know, you, they, you, you know, you always make, uh, uh, 
uh, well, and, and they do it in this, in this world where if you make fun of Prince on his world, then you get lightning bolted. But that, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. always like the, the, the cliche when you say something blasphemous, you step away because uh, lightning's going to hit you. Under Wade's deity, that happens. Oh, you say something. I mean, Literally. You know, it was, it was a joke when Prince did it. It's a joke of the world, you know. Don't, don't say something bad about the purple one. But in the Oasis as a whole... Oh, goodness. If you say something bad about Wade, lightning is coming after you. And or more, was- more importantly, he, he will get you in his invisible cloak with total deniability. Like- right. <laughs> in, in, in the worst yeah. way possible, because like everybody knows, like, yeah, Wade's doing that. You know? It's like, he's not even subtle. Right. It's like, I mean, it really is. People are like, I don't know that this Wade guy is all that great. Ah, you know, <laughs> and then he's like, "No, it wasn't me. I don't wake up until ten twenty-eight. Yep, yep. I have I yeah. have a company well, to and, run. And I don't Bush have time was- to deal with all that crap. <laughs> I mean, you got to give him credit at least. He's he's ve- being very productive, <laughs> right? Yeah, at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and I at and banning I, all the trolls. Yeah, and I compared I compared him to Zuck earlier. That you know that uh, you know Zuck isn't sitting around playing Farmville all day, but he is zapping people mm-hmm. who say stuff that he doesn't like. So there is some real uh, realistic. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> the are, difference too know. is like I think like here's the thing that I think is is sort of funny is that like Zuck kind of understands that he's a dealer. And he doesn't get high on his own supply. Like there's a reason. <laughs> right. There's a reason that dude right. doesn't touch Facebook or social media or any of that junk. Uh, he's not Tom. He's not on everyone's top eight on MySpace. I miss Tom. Well, he he turned there, out to there be was, the best of them all. <laughs> and and the, we destroyed him. We were he deserves him. a place on everyone's top eight. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man. But uh. But like, and that's, that's the thing is like Wade could never just step away from the Oasis. Like it was just like, and it was like, he just, yeah, man. Yeah. To to the point where I'm sending part of the Oasis to another world and I need to be there too. (laughs) I need to be in both Oasises all the time. My digital self needs to be in there. Well, and here's something well, and, else and, and as too, you're talking like, the, about. Even like looking at the way it's like, like the, the whole thing with like the artificial intelligence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think the no, delay no, is kind of right, like dude. getting kind of weird. Um, I, I was just going to say, are fun. pressing forward with the, <laughs> <laughs> um, this analogy of like, of Wade as this functional God. What's interesting is that, in the Bible, the first thing you learn about God is that he is the creator of all things. That, like, The very first thing you learn about him is that he's creative. And Wade is the opposite of that. He hasn't created a darn thing. Everything that he is was because <laughs> of his obsession with something else. Halliday made this ONI machine. Well, I'm going to make him and distribute him. Well, you know, like I'm going to clone everyone because that's what O&I does. You know, every, everything he knows is 80s pop culture because of Halliday. He's obsessed with, with Samantha, who also was obsessed with Halliday. We like the same things because we're obsessed with the same person. Like he does not add anything at all. And, and you see, even with his obsession, like he's the same character as Halliday. 
So you're saying um, that Wade is the- actually Satan. <laughs> I mean, close enough. That is the <laughs> most apt description. Well, we come to tonight. I think what I was going to point out is like even when we look at like the paradise that he creates and that sort of like the the eternal life that he offers, it's sterile. There's there really is no growth. There's no, and I mean, which is really counter to even sort of the Christian uh, meta narrative when it comes to sort of the the eternal life, eternal kingdom sort of stuff. Whereas because we believe in an infinite God. Like there will always be more to learn, more to discover, more to 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 like, you know, to to sort of quote, and it's not like Lewis had problems with some of his theology, but when he's talking about in the last battle, further up and further in, we will always be, you know, sort of diving upwards, deeper into glory, in, when when the eternal kingdom is established fully. You know, when it is in place and, you know, when the Lord comes to reign. Whereas the, the the sort of eternal kingdom that Wade or and Klein, but through his proxy, Wade establishes is just a sort of static knockoff cheap. It's just because all it does is it there's not it's like you said, there's nothing new in it. It's just aping all this stuff that everybody else has already made. You know, and sort of, and then decrying it as racist, but you know, (laughs) like, but then I love it, but it's racist. I I love it, but it's racist. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I like having my cake and eating it too. (laughs) Try and stop me. Um, But but it's also it's 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 and it's not just sterile and like that like it's it doesn't grow. It doesn't do anything. It just it's these AIs these that have access to all this knowledge and they're super smart and they're all, you know, super whatever, but it's, but it's, it, it's just, it's ultimately it's just vacuous because it's, it's an outworking of even like holiday as God. So like, you know, Wade becomes, there's this, there's this idea that we become what we're worship, what, what, what we worship. So Wade becomes this freaking sociopath, just like Holiday was a sociopath. And the paradise he creates is sociopathic. It's empty. It's vapid, and it's kind of like it doesn't mean anything, and it just it doesn't grow. And it's just it's sterile, and, and it's clear that this eternal version of Wade is absolutely horrible because it produced this book <laughs> since yeah, it's all given in the it, first person. It, it, he's right. the one who decided to tell us all about his nonsense adventures uh, for <laughs> you know, almost I, I 400 pages. I think I actually appreciate this book even less after talking with you guys tonight. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> That's quite a feat. This is great. <laughs> So, and that is exactly why I keep saying that this ending was even worse than Armada's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that but that is and, why. And uh, we didn't mention this, but that that God complex is in Armada too, because uh, you mm-hmm. know he, uh, he he gains the power by the end to fundamentally change, you know, hunger and disease on that world, and it's like you know, oh, by the way, we cured cancer. You know? <laughs> but at least he was sad at the end. At least there was like sadness. There was, was like, definitely oh, wow, sadness at the end of, of that book. Yes. Everybody who read that <laughs> book was sad. sad. <laughs> it was like, oh. 
Whether it was the like even the, even the client fans one, like, were pissed off at the end of that. <laughs> that that is yeah, the difference. It's like idea. you know, at least in at least in Armada, you know, he was like wondering if he made the right choice or not at the end. Wade doesn't mm-hmm. wonder. Wade is like, yes, yes, I have done all things right. You know. Well, yeah. yeah, he gets he gets Samantha and his kid. He gets everything he ever wanted. Yeah, so yeah. He, he actually gets he actually gets Samantha twice because both versions of himself get <laughs> Samantha. Well, that and he's you know he's sort of able to sort of there is that the whole thing where he was right. He was right about everything. He's justified. Mm-hmm. He's vindicated. You know, Samantha sort of comes around and says, "Oh, you know what, Wade." I was wrong and you were right. You know, everybody just sort of like comes around and sort of kisses his butt and says like, oh, you know what? You were the best. We're the worst, you know, and it's just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's It's not such a great story, man. Mm. Yeah. uh, Especially the, the whole, the whole, you were right thing was, was, was hilarious (laughs) because like three fourths of the way through the book, he apologizes to Smith and says, Hey, no, I was wrong. But then by the end of the book, it's like, well, you remember that time when I thought I was wrong? I was mistaken. I was right I the was- whole time. <laughs> and Smith was like, you I, were right. <laughs> I was wrong about being wrong. Right. Yeah. And I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. God. It's, oh, it's man. like, listen, if you're still listening to this at this point and you can't tell, <laughs> We were just, I think all four of us were thoroughly unimpressed with this Mm -hmm. freaking train wreck. Uh, You know. There's one final anecdote, and I said this in our chat as well. But I think another thing that after reading, after finishing the entire book and sitting down and thinking about it for a while. I think (laughs) Which is something that that Klein never did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Sorry, Mm. go ahead. Uh, The non-existent editor. Um, that, gets a, that gets a chef kiss perfection <laughs> sort of level burn. I you know appreciate that. The other thing I noticed, and I think it just encapsulates, yeah, how much thought was put into this book is um, is the title. So the title of the book oh. is Ready Player Two. Why is it called Ready Player Two? Because two comes after one. No reason. When you play video games, player two is the person that you are playing with. So there is a, um, it's, it's not exactly a social contract, but there's this understanding for anyone who's played video games co-op that player two infers, oh, there, there are people coming together playing cooperatively. No, no, that's not the case in this book. It's just no. The first one was called Player One. This is going to be called Player Two because two is two is more than one. Two is more than one. So Ready Player Two. No subtitle. Just Ready Player Two. Two. It's two. And now there's two Wades. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, next book there'll be three. Uh, After oh, that, man. there'll be four. I. You know what? <laughs> I think that is kind of like interesting <laughs> that it doesn't like the Ready Player Two. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a clever title, and that's and that's. It doesn't tie into the book. It doesn't mean it, it gets mentioned one time, and then it just sort of like. And it doesn't make sense. For no reason. Yeah, it doesn't make it, sense. Yeah, when it's not justified when at all. Like it's like yeah, it just sort of like. It's it's definitely like this is almost like it. 
it feels like, yeah, it's no. And it's I, just like, yeah. I, I described Ugh. I described it as that moment where like the in, in the eighties movie where they like stick the title into the movie, uh, even though it doesn't completely mm-hmm. make sense. And the, the one that always pops to mind, and I think this is actually early nineties movie, but what about Bob, which I love. But um when uh Richard Driver's wife is is trying to find Bob and and he's uh he, he's off to go kill Bob and and she's following him going, What about Bob? What about Bob? What about Bob? And that felt like that moment in here. And you could like, you like mm-hmm. Klein, like, like is typing in it and he goes, ready player two. And then he gives a wink to a non-existent camera, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Like yeah. Nate, can you, can you clear this up? So, so like, with in this, it just says Ready Player Two because now you're in an ONI headset. Um, when you play PSVR, does it say Ready Player Two every time you turn it on? It calls you Player Two, right? No, because you're playing in VR now, <laughs> not just with a controller. <laughs> it doesn't call me anything. Oh, that's sad. Except, <laughs> it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't talk to me. It is. It's the. It's the worst. O and I, I've ever experienced. I don't feel things. <laughs> not even pain. Uh, not I. I feel. Hey, you know what? This is actually pretty. That's. I feel no pain except for when I stub my toe from running into the wall. <laughs> well, if if it were real O and I, you wouldn't. You wouldn't run into a wall. You would be no. underneath the the piles of of stacks, malnourished and dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a helmet that Wade gave you. And I'd I'd be able to simulate eating, you know, glorious five course meals and just, oh, there, there is so much. So, uh, closing thoughts. I, I feel like we should probably sort of like just put this bad boy to bed. There is so much that just feels like completely like just this book demonstrates how out of touch with reality Ernest Klein really is, um, and it's, and and I think honestly, his lack of an editor sort of <laughs> mm, makes it easy to. See. It was a gift and the curse. Y- yeah, because it, yeah. it just it mm-hmm. sort of you get to peek behind the curtain. Yeah, and it was like you get to see a lot of like the the crazy that happens behind the curtain. And man, that's some nightmare fuel. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, you know closing thoughts here guys uh any any sort of like parting shots like if there's one thing that you just sort of like feel like one wrong that needs to be redressed i know that we have sort of we have taken this this poor malnourished you know poorly rendered horse uh that was just teetering on the the horse the, the edge of 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 exist of like being semi-coherent and we have just beaten it to death and then some. And then we've we've gone and found more sticks and we've beaten it further. And we're we're possibly thinking about rendering it in, into glue. But before we do that, um <laughs> I felt myself take the stick in the hand. I, I, I saw I saw you like <laughs> looking for something, Wes. Like I, I saw you like literally get up and like look for a pitchfork or a torch to like flow around and scream i i've got something you know earlier when i said when i asked if there was anything good that you can think about 
in these books. And uh, I said it ended. Now something just popped into my head. It, right. That's, that's a good one. Uh, something else just popped into my head. Um, it gave us the um, immaculate literary term, Sharders. So, <laughs> Sharders going to shard. Oh, he, that or, annoys me so much when he creates a word and then he makes fun of it. It's your <laughs> word. <laughs> Uh, I did. I was going through some previous uh, conversations I had before you'd read the book with uh, Wes and Nate. And in this book, it literally says, so, you know, that not very much time passes in this book. He says a new generation of gunters comes along, continues to gunt. Like a generation... Mm. So much gunting in the course of like get some of that good gunting. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Wade is like twenty two now. He's like, he's like an old time. He's he's hairless, chubby body. He is is literally wise enough to now be God. So in J in JRPG (laughs) time, he is ancient. I well, yeah, this that's true. (laughs) Practically dead. (laughs) But <laughs> they would uh Charter's get a shard. <laughs> yeah, how uh, how old how old was Tiz when you kept going on and on about how much he looked up to him? He was like nineteen at the time. <laughs> I thought he was sixteen. Oh no no. And uh, you, yeah, he might have been eighteen or nineteen. So at that point. Oh gosh. I, I did find one part and it's just it was it was one of these moments that just illustrated just how much of a scumbag Wade is. And it was after just one part? Uh, just just, one? just this just one, one moment because it started off a little touching. And, and I forgot exactly what was happening, but I think it was like on the John Hughes planet when um Samantha was like, you know, finally like coming back. <laughs> Boy, time delayed. Josh is cracking me up. Um, he'll laugh at that in a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, he, I, like, like she kisses him, and and he he starts going on about like you know like how much that he, you know something like you know H was right. I I never stopped loving her, and all this stuff. And then he goes exactly. And she broke up with me exactly 1,573 days ago. And I was like, you were such a piece of (laughs) 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 You're counting the days? It's been years. (laughs) I mean, for, yeah, Wes, it's parting shot. Like you've got one, you can take that that stick that you managed to like pound all those nails through, and you can hit the horse one more time, buddy. Just but then I'm gonna take the stick from you. See, I read his poetry book <laughs> through all three of these novels, and up until that point, I thought you know maybe he's just misguided. Maybe he's just confused. But no, no, that poetry book confirmed me throughout, without a shadow of a doubt. (laughs) I do not use the term psychopath lightly. (laughs) However, it is a very apt description. (laughs) 
I've got nothing else other than that. That's the final word. Yeah. No. Psychopath. No, it's a yeah, it's 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 a something. Uh years from now. Uh I personally don't have anything. I th- I think at this point in time, like I've sort of vented my spleen. You know, uh, on, uh, Are we going to do another one of these? You like that? Ew. It's, I have more notes. <laughs> archaic terminology. Uh, yeah. That's actually like, see that venting my spleen? That's like a, a sort of a reference. And it's a bit of a literary reference where, you know, if, if Klein were any sort of writer at all, he would have worked a good venting of the spleen in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> this not nearly enough of that, uh, but I, I think uh, you know not enough '80s actors had quoted that phrase okay. before, so he didn't know. Well, how to I'm sh- I'm sure that there. if you know, for all that time he spent in like his entertainment or his edu- edutainment treehouse, there should have been some like PBS masterpiece theater jazz going on. And I'm sure he would have seen some like Shakespeare or something, but he was too busy like connecting with Sesame Street Muppets on a fundamental level. Piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, so would you say then that we are uh, we are Ready Player Done? We, I, I think, boys, this? we are Ready Player Done. Does anybody have any objections? Well, I uh, did. Did y'all see the announcement today? That um, he is already working on Ready Player Three. No, I'm joking. He did no. not say that at all. <laughs> what? I, I was okay. I was getting ready to reach for my phone <laughs> and check this out. Um, at that point in time, Josh, no, okay. I would be paying you a visit. <laughs> can you, no, ima- but, can but, you imagine but, that? But though? he has said he has said that Inside. the movie is still moving forward. Can you can you imagine just just like the 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 baseline of this like Halliday hid another Easter egg inside <laughs> of the digital version of Kira that was hidden away? Oh my goodness! Oh boy! Like uh, oh, okay, for real now, boys. Yep. Let Let's be ready, right. player Dunzo. <laughs> <laughs>